trial if you just use a yeah no all like literally all i needed to do was uh refresh my browser um for the uh the plan to unpause because i had paused Streamyard for a bit because i wasn't doing much podcasting but the uh, the bills kept racking up so we are live at the moment uh streaming this on twitter uh twitter only really um so it's still kind of a space i guess it's it's still like the original idea that we had just not uh, specifically on Twitter. Um, but yeah, welcome everyone who is here. Welcome everyone who is watching. Um, not sure who all is watching, but that doesn't matter. I have to get back into it. I, I just came home from work, so I have to get into into podcaster mode uh if you will put on your other face you got two of them janice uh, yeah yeah good one yeah one looking back one looking forth uh which is the topic of this well stream of this this show uh since it is january and we just got into the new year uh i thought it'd be very appropriate and also with all the the stuff that has happened and it is that seems to happen with the mandela effect or the the jumping of timelines and all uh, i just thought portals and janus would be a very appropriate topic to uh to discuss and i see that jin the ninja has joined us what up dude hey stein how are you doing thanks for having me stop it sorry about that <laughs> it's all the dogs i'm telling you it's all the dogs it's not just you they must be picking up on it because mine did the same just not even five minutes ago sorry about that guys uh sorry thanks for having me stein i yeah, love no, you're yeah welcome. i guess I the to. You know, Graves are happy is kind of my spiritual home. It was the second show I ever did, ever. So it's pretty cool to like come back on. Yeah. Oh man, we've done like um, we've done two so far, and it's been it's been absolutely awesome. But um, yeah, like to be honest, I know very little about Janus or the god that is called Janus. I know that it's a Roman god. I know that it has two faces, one uh, looking into the past, one looking forward into the future. I know that our name of January is named after it. That's really all I know. So this stream will be as enlightening for me as I hope it is for everyone else. Um, well, you know more about it than I do, darling. Well, I mean, if if like with my limited knowledge is even more than you, that's promising. Um, so who wants to uh, wants to kick it off, take the ball and run with it? 
I'll go first. Um, so Janus is a very, very interesting character in Roman mythology. He's not in any kind of mythology, but he's central to all of it. So the um, the temple of Janus would always have its doors remain open unless there was a war and then they would close them. Right now, Janus and the doorway is so vitally important to understand. It's like all of the portals from one space to the next. He's the god of that. It's all the liminal spaces. So um, there are Janus sculptures to this day in the Vatican, right? All over it because uh, Peter, um, Peter, the, the apostle Peter um, is supposed to be at the gates of heaven, guarding the gates of heaven, Peter the rock right? Which is yeah. also a very Janus thing to do. So they kept Janus, just didn't like to talk about too much how they kept him in their kind of a covert pantheon. All over the place. They keep him as Peter. And basically before every festival, every single time they had to go to Janus first because Janus is also the holder of the keys, very Hecate-like. So if... Um, if you would have a festival, the first thing you would do is go to Janus. If you would have any sort of thing, this is like the prerequisite. This is the opening of the doorway. This is also where we get the term um, a janitor. A janitor is a person who holds all the keys to the building. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was oh, that comes from say, Janus. That makes sense. And I, and I was just going to say, Adelaide, it's funny because in... Um, in Italian, for example, or in Spanish, we say, uh, we'll say a, a, slang, a saying like, uh, sei come Pietro che c'hai le chiave de, 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 del cielo, which means, you know, you have all the, uh, you have the keys to the heavens. You know, it was a, an ironic and kind of a, <laughs> a funny saying, right? So when you're mentioning these keys, it's all about the keys to these portals, if you will. Right. So any liminal space, right? So when a boy becomes a man, that would be a Janus thing. Anytime you would be entering a building, you know, if a invasion is happening and it's successful, that would be the period, you know, before, you know, during and since. All the things separated by that kind of thing would be Janus related. Now you can understand that that puts this sort of obscure God at the center of everything right? Absolutely everything he would be at the center of because anything that exists, you have to travel over a gateway to get to, right? So any kind of a portal, there's Janus. And uh, there's a researcher called What the Flock TV who is obsessed with it. And he talks about Janus because, as we know, the J is sort of a later invention. And Janus or Ian sort of kind of goes into Jesus as well. And so what is Jesus always talking about? You know, I stand at the door and knock. All these Janus symbolism is always in that Jesus as well. So you find a lot of Janus in Jesus. And that is something that a lot of, you know, Christian type folks are not comfortable with. They're not talking about Janus. Nobody's talking about Janus. We've stopped talking about him. But he's he's still there. He's still in all the uh, different little fields of, uh, of study there. And so once you start to see it, you can't unsee it. Kind of like those faces. Yeah. So um, like the, the two 
faces like that also and you know being roman and all it really reminds me of the uh the double-headed eagle that you see a lot um like do do you know or does does any of you know um if there's like a connection to that because like that's the seal of well the um or the the symbol of the imperium you know like eagles are and especially the double-headed eagle is being used to this day exactly logan what's up thank you for joining well i think the imperial double-headed eagle my bad. i just wanted to give a slight introduction for everybody who doesn't know hi my name is queen of blades uh logan the mad philosopher <laughs> the eternal empire you whatever i got my many monikers uh i am your local madman energy psychic vampire for this evening so how am i entertained this evening Hey Logan. <laughs> yeah, he's a madman, all right, but he's he's one of the good ones. Uh, but sorry, the the double-headed eagle, Janus, well, Roman Empire. The double-headed eagle. It's sort of they say ruling and peace as well as war. Well, as you know, the Janus Temple was all about uh, opening and closing when there were times of peace and times of war. So I would not find it. Uh, a stretch at all to put Janus on that double-headed eagle. It's also where Italy sits, right? So where Italy sits, you've got a, a vast amount of space to the west, and you've got an even more vast amount of space to the east, right? And the double-headed eagle is the indicator of how far they want to spread their wings across this, you know, huge Eurasian continent. So having the double-headed eagle as a symbol of Imperium would totally be Janus. They had the uh, barbars to the east and the Tartars to the west, or the yeah. vice versa, right? And so the idea there is that we will dominate all of this stuff. And that's why the double-headed eagle is so important. You know, again, they talk about war and peace. They always talk about these dichotomies, right? Because these are the dichotomies that they want to put on people, right? They want you to be the one thinking about war and peace. They're never the ones thinking about war and peace. They're just sort of doing it right? It's already been planned out. They want you to stress out about these things. They want you to be thinking about these things. They've got a plan. They're going to keep going forward with it. I'll just jump in here and add a little conceptual layer on top of that and say that, in my opinion, the uh, double-headed eagle really arises at the Kabbalah tree on Tiberef. So it really is the synthesis between war and mercy, Chesed and Gevura. So and there's also a secret meaning, which is that the eagle should have a third head, a pointed upward head, sort of like a fleur-de-lis. Yeah. So, right. So he breathes the either towards the father, towards God. Now, some people place Jupiter as the crown at Kether. This is something that I'm personally exploring in my own like series. So I'm just will offer that. But I think that there is a conceptual layer that is not just historical materialist and it isn't just about this man. I do believe in managed dialectics. Brzezinski spoke a lot of that, a lot about it. And I think that it's very relevant, but I also think that the dualism is more their thing and we should move more away from the dualism because I think in the layers of meaning, and just like there are five layers of meaning in each sephirah, 
and seven layers in Tantra and nine layers in Buddhism and 11 layers in the tree. I think there are multiple layers. And I think that the dualistic layer is the superficial layer, like the planetary layer. And so we should move away from that kind of conceptualization. That's just where I'm at. That makes a lot of sense. Go ahead. And, oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. I'll be quiet. I'll hold on. So I wanted to ask you this, and this is it's also for the audience because I, I'm very big on the symbolism. So we observe some of these in, in most of the royal flags. As you know, we, we tend to see this eagle, right? Even within mm -hmm. the... Uh, the German cross, we see the double eagle. I, think, I believe it was also the Albanian flag, right? You see this double eagle. eagle. So let's talk about that because I think that just we see these symbols all the time, especially even here in the United States, and then nobody really questions why the double eagle. It's... Um, I, I've even wrote like a little... A uh, little part of it in my um, my book, the the Pagan Revival. Um, it's um, oh god, what was it again? I mean, it it really has to do with empires and uh, even the um, like on top of the Yggdrasil, the the life tree in um, in Norse mythology. There are eagles. Um, let's see if I can find it yeah i mean they're they're residents sitting way um way on top constantly flapping his wings to creating uh creating windstorms that rip the branches of the Yggdrasil apart um you know like america the well the atlantean empire pretty much um has adopted the eagle uh, the you know the romans before them the byzantine empire the there's also uh, the thunderbird and native american too darling yeah well you know more about that um i mean if you want to share about that because i i don't know much about the thunderbird i'm going to be completely honest i know the thunderbird is like a phoenix eagle hawk it depends on which tribe you follow and which one you belong to like with me with cherokee i'm still learning about my heritage so i'm not well versed darling sorry well there is there is the um the idea of duality within the phoenix itself right so the phoenix is dying and then being reborn having the two heads right so having the death and rebirth also is a uh, indicator there of having the two heads and uh it is two, true yes yeah the two-mindedness the two-headedness uh that's that's very very much a janus thing is because you've got one mind going through the portal or before you go through the portal and then after you're of a different mind right so these two minds have true. a magnetic quality to them and i think that there is something about the thunderbird when it comes to time like it, it shows it goes away, shows up again after a certain amount of time so. so it's interesting now that you've talked about that so with the eagle it's very revered in native american culture um she or he who belongs to eagle medicine is known to travel between the worlds and they are messengers of the gods that's why when you hear them cry 
or call or whatever you want to call it. That is their symbol that they are talking to mortals like ourselves or they're talking to the heavens. And that's why they are the highest soaring birds because they're the only ones who can get to the altitude that they get to. Right. So in, um, in Wisconsin, at least, uh, the eagle really has become a very potent symbol of the United States because there's so much roadkill on the sides of these roads out here in Wisconsin. They're basically glorified vultures. Mm-hmm. And there's not, no better way to describe the American empire at this point than just a glorified vulture. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. They, they were the true Atlantean empire uh, mm-hmm. at first. You know the the great the greatest, well, like literally with the greatest army as you know the Roman Empire before them, the greatest uh, standing army. Um, but you know, like with Rome, they're falling and falling hard. It's just this time we can all watch it happen because we have Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, and Logan, I get to watch it in person. Yeah, yeah. Logan seems to disagree. Okay, well, on that note, what is right here, sir? That's an American flag. That flag yeah. ain't never coming down, and this empire may be bruised, but we ain't beaten. So get fucked on that regard. Oh, sorry. About that. <laughs> I, I, I agree no- to disagree with Logan. I am so sorry to say that. No, Wait, it's, that- it's, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I, I do appreciate the, uh, the brush honesty. Um, you know, after facts, you know, we're facing a hard time, but it's going on er everywhere, and it's like the little things that I'm doing. Like, I kind of notice there's some people that are representatives of certain realms, I can can detect that already. But I'll go and say this I'm one of the individuals that's a higher tier above you, not as a mean of superiority, but as a mean of my job is that intensive, where I have to take all the collective nonsense and make something beautiful out of it. This is the best I could do with reality. I'm a reality bender. This was literally the best outcome. Otherwise, the last outcomes would have been absolute. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, it comes to Janice and everything else, symbolism, they love their symbolism. And here's the funny thing. I will take their symbols and I will divert it to my own cause. Then who holds power over something that's been perverted and disgusted or is disgusting? Once you take something and pervert and, and it, is it really what it means? So we get, we get, we can abide by their petty symbols and symbolism. Like, oh, look, I'm making it the white eagle. It means I'm a member of this. It just means you're a poser. It means you're a bitch. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? The real ones don't talk about that. They talk in the eyes, bro. I'm sorry. I've had, I've, I've had a good day so far. So I apologize. No, it's, it's, that's, that's, perf- that's perfectly fine, man. Um, but- I actually kind of agree with Logan on this. I think that we need to not get caught up in managed decline, managed news, even alternative media. I think it's all very managed. I think that there's a negative kind of demoralization campaign. I think that... That's why I don't pay attention to it. I think if we are... No, that's okay. I think if we are really like wizards or reality bending or, you know, chaos magicians, you know, or sorcerers or tantrics or you know, like uh, doing our own thing. And we, are, and we are leaving the Kali Yuga. I mean, that is what's happening. I mean, that is what's happening. And so we will see the body of time as a desiccated corpse. That is how it's described. 
So what happens when time is liberated through Uranus? So I think that's what I'm more interested in. I'm more interested in like a, a more like we need to take all that Laurel Canyon bullshit that they tried to tell us, you know, like the age of Aquarius. And yes, that is happening. But in my opinion, it is not Jupiter. It is Uranus. So I, I want to take that in like the ways that that would mean in a positive way. Like how can we make reality into what we want <coughs> rather than what they want that's so i'm i'm on team logan with that that's just my opinion though <laughs> i kind of agree on that point too because aren't we going into aquarius and pluto actually too soon yeah, yeah i keep not, hearing that we're like going to conjunction because like right with now. my moon diary that i have that i started with a family member of mine is that it says that we're going into Aquarius and Uranus. Then we go back to um, God. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Aquarius and Pluto, and then we go back to um, Aquarius and Uranus, and then we go back into that sign of Aquarius, back into Pluto, and that's going to be <laughs> that sign for sixty years, wasn't it, guys? From what I keep reading, sixty years. Some people say 60, I've heard 136. There's different, you know, that's what's really difficult is it's sometimes it's very challenging to do interpretation. When does it go parts. back into Aquarius and Pluto? When does it go into that sign permanently for the next whatever years? Because oh, I it's know fleeting, it's huge. It's fleeting, ma'am. This is a rare nexus point and what happens and what we think, say, and do, how you change the narrative is this. You unplug yourself from their shit, or if you can manage uh, to actually see what they're up to, so you can plan against their plans and plans against those plans. If you want to be an adventurous sort of like that, you can go ahead and do that and stay connected to the news, the media, all that crap. And once you know- I leave that to Fox. I leave that to Fox. <laughs> that is his thing. That is him. I don't do that. I... That is his thing. Right, right, but what, the whole point I'm trying to get is like you, you first off, if you want to be the different, be the change you want to see in the world, right? So if you see trash on the ground, they're gonna be like, man, we should raise taxes to get jobs so we can clean up this trash. Or are you gonna pick up the fucking trash? True. So if it's like, if the roads are busy, me and my son are outside picking up trash. I mean, that's who we are as people. So. Mm -hmm. And May I intercept uh, here? <laughs> yeah. To, to add, Sorry, go ahead. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, to add to Jin's um, concept here, Jin, I, I agree with you in the sense that um, the duality that Janus um, portrays, uh, it, it, it is very much, um, it, it is an energy that we've understood and encompassed, but you can also get distracted. And at the end of the day, it is that self-mastery that allows us to work in our energetic, as you say, our magic, right? Our alchemy, our, you know, our energetic frequency and understanding. Um, did someone fall out? <laughs> and so, so I really think that the key here or the keys is always going within so the more that we are equipped to see through and prepare ourselves to encompass anything that's being thrown at us right with the multiple you know i was telling this to headless yesterday right that uh, social media has become the new religion right so let's get into that 
And what do I mean by that? I mean, think about it, right? Even if we look at the X, you know, as a symbolism, if you look about it and pay attention, it's a cross, right? <laughs> so it becomes a new, the new, um, you know, it becomes a new theology where uh, people, you know, yes, we have fun on these platforms, but if you step away and you realize it, and if you're not practicing your own, you know, your own senses, your own expansion, if you will, your self-mastery, you get caught up and sunk in by all this, you know, fictitious news, right? This whole chaos of, oh, aliens in Miami, everyone's looking in Miami, as opposed to understanding what's coming through. So that was kind of what, you know, comes up with me. Jin fell off. I'm not sure if he lost connection. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, connection seems to be in a bit of an issue. That happens a lot, especially when I'm recording. I guess it's because, like, we talk about the things that, you know, you're not supposed to talk about. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I looked it up, uh, like, Pluto in Aquarius and all. I looked it up real quick. And apparently the last time... Uh, that happened was in the year 1777 so one year after the um well the founding of the american empire pretty much um so i guess like now we've kind of come come full circle like it's the dawn of a of a new empire if you will you know what what was the past is now the future again right well i think um to go into uranus a little bit because uranus keeps getting brought up i think uranus is the original eagle right it's the original uh king of heaven and if you look back at uh, history the greeting of the king was always with the clanging of swords so i i uh, associate the uranus energy with the clanging of metal right the clanging of metal, you've got this X idea, you've got these crossed swords, so there's going to be that sort of a time period, and then you're going to have the arrival of this new kind of eon or this new age, and that's sort of always brought in with this this Uranus energy. And uh, if, you, if you go back, have you ever heard the song Bang a Gong by T-Rex? It's like the most ultimate uh, Uranus energy. If, if you've got that, it, whew. It's great. So he's Uranus is the um, the groom of Gaia, right? And so mm-hmm. Uranus is all the sky people, right? So any of these, uh, you know, uh, Thunderbird ideas, any of that stuff, that's all sky people realm. That's all Uranus ideas there. So Uranus is the sky and having the sky as the throne of heaven is really what we're talking about. Because right now there's a sort of a contention over who will rule the throne of heaven, you know, and everybody's sort of trying to clamor to get their place. You've got the BRICS countries, you've got, you know, the United States, and I don't think it's going to be a clear victory. I don't think that at all. That's not going to be, you know, very, very readily determined, right? So I don't know who it is, but at this point, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting fight. I think um, there isn't going to be a clear ruler in the coming years. And I think that that's probably a good thing. I would like to argue on that one point. If you have a strong economy, a strong military, and a strong, stable, charismatic leader, you can survive any struggle. They make the choices so you don't have to. 
Yeah, okay, but which country still has that? If you're like if you look at the um you know the bigger nations, which country still has that charismatic leader and a you know outstanding military and you know a stable economy like the economy well worldwide basically is um well i don't want to say you know it's it's down it it will definitely be crashing again soon you can say depression you can say depression we're allowed to say we're, we're allowed to say that word well yeah it's sure it's we're we're in a we're in a slump we're in a depression again um it's probably gonna I mean, it'll most likely crash this year again. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. But I I do agree that there is probably not going to be like one decisive winner, one decisive ruler. I mean, you know, talking Janus, it's probably going to be like very much east and west again. You know, we have China, Russia. Uh, you know, cooperating together, of course. Keep an eye on Turkey. Turkey is like the oh, home yeah. of East versus West. So, you know, what we saw last year where uh, Turkey had that huge earthquake right after the whole balls in the sky ritual, that's yeah. something to keep an eye on because he was deciding whether to go with bricks or whether to go with the, the West. And then you see the big earthquake sort of like as a threat, right? And so I think Turkey... Where East meets West is going to be, you know, one of these deciding factors. And if he can play his cards right, it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a divided victory, you know. So I and, think that's and Erdogan has uh, he has veto power in the United Nations. Yep. And like I I um, I work with a lot of uh, a lot of Turkish people. Uh, their sense of nationalism is still very very strong um you know like i've i've heard multiple of my colleagues say that you know if they get drafted for the dutch army and for the turkish army they're choosing the turkish army even though you know they do live here now they do have the uh the dutch nationality as well you know the sense of nationalism is still so incredibly strong and you know they still um well, like, don't even dream of going back. Like, it's just the plan is going back. Uh, you know, get your get your education here, get your money here. Um, you know, of course, over the years, just sent a lot back to family members already. Um, that's another thing. The sense of family is still really strong. And... Yeah, Turkey, like literally half of the country is considered Europe and the other half is considered Asia or Asia Minor. So, I mean, Turkey is like quite literally Janus, if you will, as a country or the double-headed eagle in one country, the Byzantine Empire. I will also offer that... What if you actually decided the winner by realizing that and affirming in reality? Well, I agree with you what you're saying, Logan, but I will just say this about Turkey is Turkey is the original home of the deep state. I mean, that even is where that term comes from deep state. It's translated from a Turkish phrase. 
um, because of a car accident that happened with the former uh, prime minister of Turkey and his, um, I think she was a Miss World model and a general. So, and Turkey is also the home of the Donme <coughs> Sabatians. If anyone's familiar with that, they are the ones who founded basically the modern Turkish secular state, as well as secularism as a Islamic ideology in general. And they also are directly related to uh, certain particular people that we won't necessarily name, but that who are living on a contentious piece of Middle Eastern territory right now. So I just think that there is something very interesting going on. I personally think Erdogan is a big UN simp. I think he has wanted to be part of the West for the last, I don't know, 20 years. I think that that is his, he's Westward facing. And I think that the wheel, uh, the eagle also stands on the wheel of time, just like uh, was mentioned before. So, uh, but again, it can go. The wheel of time is really a liberated idea when Uranus and Pluto come into their conjunction. So, what will that mean? Is that they that their method of control? The eagle is the civilizational. Um, knowledge bringer. He is the one who locks down the swastika or the wheel of time. He roots it into place with his two legs. So which way does it turn? Well, in my opinion, and this is more of a, maybe a Buddhist or tantric idea, maybe Eurasianist, but we are in control of it. We are not necessarily the Chakravartin or the wheel liberating hero, but in a one way, our collective will is more important in the next yuga than in any other time in history. So if we can just get over our collective bullshit, we can really <laughs> do something. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop. Is that sort of where no, I'm no, at? no, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, in, it's interesting that you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, the swastika, because that's what, you know, what came to my mind too, when you said that the Eagle is standing on the wheel of time, you know, that, uh, you know, national socialists, image of you know national socialist germany which was you know by all means and purposes like it it was a powerhouse you know germany is is was the powerhouse of europe um i mean which is why it had to be destroyed for the atlantean empire to rise um but like that's exactly what came to mind the eagle on the uh you know the swastika in the circle in the um but well, back to turkey again for for a second so uh if you notice in the bible where they sent all of the first missionaries was to turkey and, and asia minor right they went to galatians they went to phrygia right what's interesting about phrygia and the dutch is right next to the netherlands You've got the Frisians. Uh, it's pronounced the same, but it's still the Frisians, right? And so uh, the, the Frisian cap, right, that you have from Turkey yeah. is the same Frisian oh. cap that you've got over in Friesland. So what's going yeah. on with that? You know, Oh, I mean, shit. I never, I never even looked at it that way. Dude, I am Dutch. My kids live in, in Frisia. Yeah. Dude, uh, yo. So uh, you you've still, got the double-headed yeah. eagle right there. You've got all the people, Galatians, those are the Gauls. And they're in Phrygia. And they're in uh, Turkey. They're in all these places over there, as well as over in their, you know, homeland. So, I mean, I have, I've definitely seen 
uh, theories float around that the uh, the Phrygians or the Scythians um, that they became the Vikings eventually, which you know would absolutely make sense. A seafaring people, sea trading uh, people, you know, here in Northern Europe, like we got plenty of water. Um, the Dutch, very much a seafaring people. We, you know, we live with water. It's our greatest ally and our greatest enemy. Like the majority of our country is, lays below sea level. So, you know, if the dikes break, we're doomed. Um, luckily, I can swim. Um, but yeah, dude, that makes so much sense. And the Frisians, like they were, um, like speaking of sense of nationalism, like I, I still go to Frisia often, of course, for my, um, for my kids, but like still to this day, the, like the real diehard Frisians don't consider themselves Dutch. They have their own flag. They have their own language. Uh, they have their own, oh, their own sport, even feel um, you know, like just jumping across water with a big, big freaking stick and, you know, trying to break your ankles on the landing. <laughs> but, like, they do not consider themselves Dutch. Like, you have the Netherlands and you have Frisia. For them, it's still like that. So, you know, their sense of nationalism is still so incredibly strong. And, um, you know, it's, of course, it's, you know, lumped in under the uh, the Germanic people. Like, but before the whole um west coast of the netherlands like the majority of the west coast was frisia like you had frisia and then you had germania and then of course gaul which you know we now know as um well as belgium and france to uh to the south right and uh if you go back to the oralinda book you find all of these different elements at play and the Oralinda book is all all about that swastika, right? All about the six-sided swastika, and not the not the four. So, it's the six side and not the four side. And that's uh, I think that's going to be coming into play because if there's still a Phrygian element, because you know the Phrygian cap is the symbol for freedom all throughout uh, the 16th, 17th, 18th century. Anytime you find freedom, you find that Phrygian cap, that ugly sort of. Uh, uh, stocking cap thing as being yeah. the, the symbol for liberty right well now we're looking at this this sort of conflict and i think it's going to come down into which side turkey chooses and yes it is the home of the uh deep state going all the way back i think to the eastern roman empire right the Byzantine because the, empire right so the eastern roman empire the byzantine this is where we get the, the term Byzantine, right? So Byzantine would refer to a state that is completely consumed by, you know, internal sort of a po political struggle of for power, you know? And there's all sorts of distractions and, and you know, maze type uh, looking at things to get to the, the form of power. And so having that understanding is is gonna be very important in the next coming years, I think. I would like to say real quick, this feels like um, I can only put it into mathematical equations. I barely learned Algebra 1, and you guys are talking about trig. <laughs>
I'm a 32-year-old Native American Frenchman Gothic gamer. Pretty much. I mean, like, the only thing I've studied for, like, for freaking 32 years was reality and the ability and energy and how those things correlate. And it correlates kind of like some, or no, it's, that's for another time. I don't have time for that right now. But no, <laughs> With, with, when it comes to the New World Order and all the old order, the old garden shit, what I was trying to explain before when I was like, my thought, my, my mind moves quicker than my body sometimes. They're like passing the baton off, right? With the eagle and Janice and all that, they're passing the baton off. So if you want to be in the know, then look at what all the players are doing and use your symbolism against them. But like, oh, you're planning for this to be a sacred event. What if we bomb that place? Logan, yeah. we can't bomb. We get we, you get the analogy, you know what I'm saying, right? So they, they've told us what's powerful and sacred to them. Why not tear it down? Make something new. <gasps> That's all I gotta add on that. Well, a, a a new new world order, if you will. Yeah, the new world order of mercy, bringing everybody into that blue-green swirl, will bring everybody into kind of a globalist singular identity of of like uh false compassion false virtue false kind of justice i guess is one way to say it maybe um false decolonization maybe that's another kind of way to articulate it and i also think that logan's right in a way i think that i mean maybe i'm not as extreme as that but i think that there is something to be said about discarding some of the things that they hold sacred and not inverting it but uh, like letting it go letting it die letting it be on the carnal ground and just letting it pass through and like letting the cycle happen and not grasp at things like not be the eagle but be like the new man that arises in the aquarian age so that's sort of where i think but yeah i agree with Logan the ubermensch maybe maybe not so you know i'm very middle pillar so i don't know about i get what you're saying it's like you know like we'll make our own well, new world order because like with, with the the idea itself the concept itself you know a a people united under one like one thing or whatever i mean there isn't necessarily something wrong with it it's just their version yeah. of the new world order with all you know the the fake stuff and the deep state and the you know the control and you know my control whatever, you know that's like that's not okay that's what i'm against if people unite it i mean yes please but just there's there's a way. difference there's a difference between community and globalism right we 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 have always had this discussion tribe and community is something that needs to come back because it's what social media just murdered right i mean there's there's no other way to word it i mean we 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 see the government aiming for what they call you know oneness or unity and that's the exact opposite of it they want all the people divided under one government not all the people united under one idea and and it's it's a um it's a terrible a terrible forthcoming well i have a couple of ideas on that so um for example there's a lot of symbolism that they put into their into their pothole or not pothole but their uh, manhole covers and they put next to water 
So why are we putting our symbols next to water? I mean, anybody Gosh, can we're do already it. doing that. Right. And so what's, what we could do is we could be structuring the water in a much more harmonious way just by uh, incorporating our symbols by the water and having a coherent message instead of one of, you know, co uh, confusion, which is what we've basically gone into is all of the symbols are meant to be confused. And we have, uh, coherent next to water we is far more powerful entered the age of babbling again we we may all have the ability to speak to each other online and the ability to to have community but for some reason we have done the exact opposite with it we've isolated ourselves more we've withdrawn and now the water we all we all used to walk down get our water from the stream or you know dig a well spring house underneath our homes and we got our water from natural sources. Now, not only are they importing our water to us, but they have added so many things to it to separate us from spirituality, just in the water. And I mean, I know there's so many conspiracy theories about fluoride in the water and all that. We know that it has activity with the pineal gland. Fluoride does not react positively with the human body. It is a poison yeah symbols yes even our oldest wells and sources were always decorated adorned or blessed in some way mm -hmm. but there is only one faith that i know of that still adamantly blesses their water or puts a symbol near it and it's the christians really? yeah 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 they're holy that water was actually really profound like wow like seriously wow <laughs> I understood it. Uh, how do they get us to separate ourselves from doing that? And it's all been replaced with holy water. I will just say that I might be the most pro-Christian on the stream right now, but I am not a Christian. But I will just say that I do think that there is very... I know Stein actually agrees with this in some way. I don't want to speak for you, Stein, but I know you kind of do. That there is a deep metaphysical... <laughs> esoteric layer especially in maybe greek orthodoxy and catholicism as well as and i think that there's something very interesting biblically i think that the bible is a grimoire absolutely you have to know the bible very well to know agrippa to do to consecrate seals of solomon i mean anyone who has any background in grimoire magic you know you have to know your psalms you have to know your bible verses i mean that is just a must it's a given and also like Christian hermeticism is extremely important. And I know, although I am definitely not as good as sign on the like uh, more Germanic Norse stuff, but I know that some of the later kind of 11th century texts, they mix a lot of the stuff together. And yes. then the Dutch powwow magic that came to the US, that is also very syncretic with well, biblical things. So. That time frame, the 10th and 11th century, they started zippering everything together to try to, to unite. Look what happened in Germany in the 10th century into the 11th century. Between Germany, Rome, and that whole area, you had entire groups of pagans that were united. Harold Bluetooth, right, the Danish king. It said that right there, at the, the convergence from the, ninth, uh, the 10th to 11th, he converted not only Denmark, all of Denmark to Christianity, which was his claim that it was almost done overnight, which, I mean, we know that's not the case, but 
they may have done it quickly, but then he uh, he also has the claim to uniting Denmark, Norway, another country, and then converting all of them to Christianity also. But in order to do that, they needed to they needed it to feel like one thing. They needed it to feel like it was the same thing. They were just doing it the wrong way. So they had this uniting of all these religions at the same time where they just kind of like zippered them right together. I mean, you, you see that with Christianity even nowadays, like so many of the names, so many of, you know, the etymology, the customs and and all of that. It's, you know, it has its, its background in paganism. It has its, its background in mysticism. Like I, I've been saying for years that, you know, I don't believe there is necessarily anything wrong with, you know, Christianity, like pure Christianity as it was when it, you know, first got introduced so many thousands of, of years ago. It's just the uh, the type of Christianity that the church preaches now. Like, they know jack shit. I mean, I, I've had arguments with Christians on mostly online and they're like they're so ignorant and i can i can tell you like i of all those well chronically online christians you know uh, thumping the bible and defending their faith and whatever i yeah i mean i probably know more about christianity than they do i mean for sure i know more about christianity than they do about paganism you know it's like uh, pagan uh, double digit dumbass it's like you see yeah, and they're like, Look at the Catholicism. I am the, I am the pagan. <laughs> I mean, my favorite example is Catholicism. Like they, uh, you know, the uh, what is now Saint Bridget, they pretty much wholesale copied her from the goddess Bridget from the Irish. Yes, sir. To put up everything that society loves to put up, and what people are attracted to, their attention goes to, and what they wear, what what uh, sort of stories that they uh, heroes look up to. Like, look at Marvel, for instance, right? So, <laughs> what I'm trying to go with that is uh, people like me that work with energy is we tend to notice these massive. We call it mana pools. M A N A. Mm -hmm. Romana, you know, and what I will go and do is another reason, like when I do my little uh, 24 hour ritual prayer meditation broadcast underground DJ event, it's I haven't come up with a name for it. Yet. It's just a ritual that I do. I take those pools of energy from across time and space to fuel my spell on top of the other shit that I do. So what I'm trying to say is there is so much energy that's been pulled towards these certain things. Why not steal it and redirect it to something else? Correct. Well, on that note, on that note, I've got Gerald Pollock's book here, The Fourth Phase of Water. If you guys haven't read it, it's very, very good. It's talking about the exclusionary zones that are produced in water. And uh, the way that exclusionary zones are produced in water is through the charging of the sun. So the sun is charging the water into creating these exclusionary zones. So, for instance, the heart does not have the uh, power to pump blood all throughout the entire body, it's mostly done through exclusionary zones within veins and arteries. So this exclusionary zone idea goes deep to the core of humans, right? Humans in general. Oh, yeah. And just look, uh, look at our oceans. Our oceans are separated water on top of different layers. You have different levels of temperature and salinity that all exist like rivers within one big body of water. Exactly. So, so 
putting putting structuring elements by the water is going to create a, a definite impact on how uh, people see the world. So having that in, having that sort of a, a bridge, if you will, like there's a way to bridge water from one container to another using electricity. Now, what we're doing is we're introducing that energy into the system so that we can get to a more cohesive and a more sane uh, rationalization. And we're doing it completely without anyone's approval. So if you can make a sign, like let's include Janice in this. Let's say you make a sign using Janice on one face, on one side, you put the uh, energy you're trying to get rid of. On the other side, you're moving into, right, with the flow of the water, that's the sign that you want it to transform into. And what you're doing is you're alchemizing the energy just on the basis of the sign you're putting next to the water. And that Janus energy, especially now, is going to give it a little bit of an extra kick in that direction. So let's are, figure out those signs. And are you guys familiar with Dr. Darko Longo? Yes. He has the Old World Florida channel. All right. He's got the, um, the video uh, that's like uh, the anchors around the big stone anchors. Now, in that same video, he shows a stone that's over on the west coast of Florida that I swear to you has Atlas or Janice's head carved into it, right? And I have seen that video so many times, and he keeps saying Atlas, right? But I see like a, a gear or Janice. So I, I a gear, I don't know how to say that one properly. I'm too damn English. Um, either way, but you see that, and there has always been this this trend in humanity of having our symbols right next to the bodies of water. When we pull up to a place on a boat, you know what I mean? It's the first thing that you see is this giant standing godhead on a stone, right? The, the canalways that are uh, lining that whole area also have some of those standing stones and there's things or anchor stones and there's things carved into them also. So the, the flow of water and symbology has always had this intertwining. Now, I've, I've always, we, me and Stein have talked about this in several other videos, the experiments with blessing water, yeah. right? Where they watch the cellular structure of it change, right? Can you erect a permanent blessing next to it that constantly keeps that change going, right? And I think that's what they were doing is they were putting this constant positive force next to their water and it, it fed them. Now we have stopped doing that. We have started worshiping at the altar of Ericsson and Sony and Motorola and iPhone. And it's, it, I mean, I have, but I've been hurt they, inside watching social media. Kill society. Their, uh, if they need to get rid of their liquid assets, uh, you know, I'm, I'm game. I'll, right. You know, I, I'll I, think we need, I think we need to do a Kickstarter for <laughs> I think we need to do a kickstart for like a, a reservation, like an actual up in the mountains tribal reservation. Just do a kickstarter yeah. for it. And See what I we just, get. I just thought of something like with the uh, the anchor and like speaking of the double headed eagle, like the anchor is like pretty much the um, like the double headed eagle, but upside down. It anchors you in place. It holds you in place. Well, the double headed eagle, you know, is spreading itself. It's looking looking forward it's looking forward it's looking back it's looking to the sides and the anchor is just it's holding you 
Willing you in place. I just, you know, thought of that. Hundred. It could be the sky anchor. So the double-headed eagle is the sky anchor, and then you've got the anchor that goes down into the earth. If you're yeah. thinking about it etherically, they would probably be similar, you know, on some I, level. I always saw the anchor as Mjolnir. I, that yeah. was just always the, the the shape of it, the outline. It just kind of always resembled Mjolnir. When you look at the older, older anchors, they were just kind of a carved piece of stone that had a rope tied to them that was very mushroom-shaped. And then you put them together, the upper anchor and the lower ankle, and you, and you get the tree of life. Yeah. Right? Both of them together. The roots and the branches. Yeah. Yeah, and I was okay, going I to... Real long long doing that. Sorry about that. No, Jin, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add that, yes, I agree with all of that, and I also think that the anchor would arise at Bana if you want to give it like an association. It's like the old king, and it's like the... You know, it's the it's the form. It's the you know, it's keeping us rooted to reality. It's keeping us rooted to the material world in a way. And the eagle, obviously, I said is at Shased, so it's all constantly expanding. It's constantly expansive growth, looking over the water towards the new land. That is what the eagle does. So I just think that there is something interesting there, and I think that. There's a dialectical relationship with all the spheres, but particularly between Chesed and Benah in our terms of how we come into matter. I think that we come into matter through the synthesis of those two spheres in particular. And I think that a lot of um, our current politics is also kind of a dialectical relationship between those two spheres as well. Jin, I, I was speaking earlier while you dropped off a little bit about um, uh, Uranus. Now, uh, have you ever heard the song Bang a Gong, Get It On by uh, T-Rex? Yes. I have not, personally. Check that song out and tell me that's not the ultimate Uranus song. He's talking about you're dirty and sweet because, you know, Uranus's uh, partner is Gaia. Right. So you've got the earth and the sky coming together. And uh, Bang a Gong is very interesting because it's like the clanging of metal. And to me, the energy of Uranus is all about the clanging of metal. It's sort of like this is the start of something, you know, maybe the start of a race or the start of a rule. And the ancient kings would all be uh, greeted by the clanging of swords. So I think there's a, a definite energetic component to that. Well, I think that sound is extremely important. I think sound is relative to either. I think that sound um, can be either impure or pure. I think sound plays a large part of what the middle pillar is. I think that um, it can go up and down, up or down towards the... I think there is no accident that our technology has taken the electrical rather than the cymatics and frequency branch. Mm -hmm. I think that our our higher ups are aware of the potential of cymatics and frequency energy and zero point and all of the things they say don't exist and i think that our ancestors even i think the egyptians and everything i think they just had different technology than us and i think we we look back with our modern lens and, and try to analyze so much of the old world and the old texts and the way they did things. And we're missing this massive context piece. You know what I mean? 
like where they were using one whole branch of technology that we have completely lost and we're sitting here scratching our heads going how did they move those stones george like it's just maddening to me that everybody's going it's ancient aliens and all this no it's our ancient ancestors who just knew things that we forgot you know it, i i have um i've been looking at the energy thing right and and thinking that energy was always something that was displayed in every piece of art right like the, they always they they somehow captured the energy the mentality and everything in every little piece of art like um have you seen the the little chess pieces where the rook is a berserker chewing on a shield really right yeah yeah oh. So it's like items and totems and shit and symbols and signs and crap. You clear a space for it to enter. You give it a vessel yeah. to inhabit. But you you look at a modern chess set and it's just a castle, right? It's a, it's a plain little rook. But somehow with that berserker chewing on the edge of his shield with his eyes pinned wide open, right? It captures this emotion, this charging into battle emotion, yeah. you know? we've we've lost that that communication that that little extra something that we add to art back in the day we've we've lost it we've lost it in building we've lost it in everything and i think that leans heavily into like the loss of symbology right because i mean we, we we look at buildings that were built 500 years ago why are they still standing but houses that went through hurricane andrew that were built two years before got torn down well right i, I have a suggestion when it comes to um cymatics and and how to implement cymatic technology so it goes to the celtic knot right so in celtic knot when you're creating celtic knot work you start at the conjunction points and then you work outwards so when we're looking at these different cymatics for different types of uh frequencies you find that there are conjunction points that radiate outwards. So if we're trying to build um, electronics or uh, other equipment based off of cymatics, if we start thinking about it like a Celtic knotwork, we'll start to be able to uh, develop it a lot easier using that methodology. Well, just think about how much our, uh, with the cymatics too, but like with, with just the little changes that we've taken in the way we learn, like runes were written in a spiral with elder Futhark, right? Starting on the outside edge, it was written in like a counterclockwise spiral working its way inward usually on many of the rune stones they found. Yeah. We don't read round anymore. We read square because of books and pages and the way they're shaped, right? So when our medium changes from going to writing on round stones and, you know, discs that are cut off of a tree where you got like a wood cookie and you're, you know, writing on it, you no longer have that round structure to write on. You've got these square books. And I think we've, in a, a hypothetical sense, I think we've squared our minds off. You know what I mean? I think we, we used to think round and now we think square. And I think that changed the energy, our, our trajectory of thought and everything. Well, Josh, guess uh, we have to, we'll have to publish our books on, uh, on wood as well we'll just you know cut down a big ass tree and start riding around it's going to be one hell of a tree though 
right? I was, you know, as a joke, Stein, I was actually looking into Amazon Publishing to see if you could get books in different shapes, and they won't. It's just all rectangles. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Cool I actually though. looked at that and I was like, I wonder if I could publish a book that's round. Nope, can't do it. Dude, can you, you can. Can imagine it's the Shadow Crown and the Pagan Revival, but like round, like a round yeah. cut? You'd have to do it all yourself. That'd be so cool. Yeah, just Amazon doesn't do it. I'm sure there's a publisher out there that probably would, though. Well, you've got uh, also the cookies that you can cut out of a tree, right? So you've got uh, these competitions where they, they chop these things into little circles. Well, you can use that as the as the basis for a writing round. And what's also funny about um, writing round is that you've only got a limited amount of space. And if the typesetting is consistent, you've got a limited amount of um, number of characters that you can put into each one of these round segments. So everything has to be artistically placed into that thing to get all of the meaning in on each one of these round surfaces. So it turns each verse or paragraph into a, a total, to, uh, totality. So yep. no, no filler, only the things that truly matter. Yep. And you got to think how much planning you had to think about what you were going to put down, because if your thought went too long, then you ran out of room in the center of your page. What do you do? Right. Yeah. I mean, but now we look at that round writing right now. Look at the ancient Americans, all of their glyphs with that round cymatic spiral. Right. I think they're they're They've always been telling us that there's a doorway in sound. Right, or doorways with sound. Yeah. Now we look at the symbols, right? And you can look at certain old Celtic symbols and even like old Germanic symbology where they have like the layered tribal symbols and it starts to resemble certain frequencies, right? You, you look at different frequencies of like metal shavings on a table and it's all right there. The uh, crop circles as well. I think something has been telling us, hey, listen, it's the wrong way. You sound. This is your, this frequency opens this doorway. This frequency leads to this galaxy. This, And, and I think we've been just like, the, our government's known it, but they've, they've led us down this other technological path that's left us tax slaves. And isn't it interesting how in like most popular media, like portals are round, you know, are rounded. They're not, they're not doorways. It's not like you open a door and like you, you literally like step into another dimension. No, it's like this huge, like rounded portal, which, you know, you have to go through. It's steel bearing. It's steel ball. Yeah. 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 It's my whole it's a hole in three dimensions, gentlemen. Dude, I had one of those, and I don't know where it went. I had a ball bearing that was like a, a three-quarter inch ball bearing that I, have, I, I walk around with it in my pocket. I just carry it. And I, over the last couple of weeks, I don't know where it went. It just vanished. It went where it had to go. It probably had to, it probably had to leave its job with you and go somewhere else that needed it. I had, had to plug a hole somewhere. <laughs> right? Oh, I was going to say, you guys are like one of the best groups I have ever had the privilege in my 32 years of life of meeting. So I got to say, like, I'm just, I'm grateful to be with you guys. Just even oh, listen. Oh, it's it's great having you, man. 
the, the, the conversations do get fun and they derail. We'll start talking about Janice and wind up on Satan and all kinds of other craziness. So it's like, yeah. you just you never know where it's going to go. That's been all every right. show ever so far. You know, well, actually, he, very hard. he did it's manage hard to keep Ragnarok in a line pretty well. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, oh, oh, it's done. Uh, basically, yes. one at a time. One at a time. Okay. <laughs> also, Since tends Janice to happen. So expansive, it's very hard to get away from them. So, we talked about portals, and what we're talking about now with the sound portals, very Janice yeah. energy. Very much really? so. Really? Yeah. So you're telling me these rituals that I've been fucking doing based on sound and music and my own music that I've created, I've been worshiping Janet's energy? That's been the point. Yep, you didn't know it. Janet's is always right there behind the door. Or Odin, or both the Atlantean, or, you know, there's how many representations of the same type of energy? I'll just, I'll just offer yeah, this, though, like, that sound can be purified through yeah. internal thergic practices and um, all, like all of Buddhism, especially Tantric Buddhism, retains all of this kind of like discourse around sound, consciousness, uh, the secret mantra, how to use it, how to purify it, how to do ritual procedures with it. So I, I know that I'm a little more trad in, in my opinion. Well, maybe not because obviously you guys are pagan. So maybe I'm not the most trad on the panel, but. I think that there definitely is something really interesting there and that we've preserved. I mean, like so, so many do it still, you know, the mantras, uh, Galder, you know, chanting, uh, you know, I do it my own. you name it. Everything has, you know, every religion, every, you know, spiritual school spiritual streaming whatever you know does something with sound and does something with vocalization and you know like speaking of vibrations the classic you know the opera singer breaks the glass with her voice because you know the vibrations are just so incredibly strong and her, her you know her power her voice even though like you don't Every use your voice box but like Every her, her power is so incredibly strong, like she can literally vibrate her voice, her well, her energy on the same level as the glass breaking it. Look at all the books that teach you to to start reading runes and getting to know them, and all of the most advanced ones will incorporate water and galder sound of the runes, of uh, the names of the runes, the gods that they the it's they're part of into the reading and i've always done the sound and water with my runes the blessing the whole and like how do we learn our abcs like pretty much by song or rhyme or whatever you know a b c d it's you know like you make a song of it yep it's commercial jingles bro they, they burn into our brain why because those jingles those rhymes those little stanzas those poems have been part of us for thousands of years, probably yeah. since we were mostly Scythian or Salutrian or Mongolian, depending on where we come from. Yeah, so the Scythians, they didn't really invade. They were just trying to get their shit back. Scyth Scythians weren't, they, they were nomads. They, they were constant nomads. They followed deer herds, man. Like right. they... But they owned it all. They were the first empire of the horse. And then, you know, you've got all these Mongols coming back into Europe and they're like, oh, no, they're invading. They're not invading. They're just getting their stuff back. You guys are the ones who settled and invaded. 
Yeah, well, the Scythians were half Mongol. According to ancient Chinese sources, the Scythians were a mix between the Siberian Gokturk tribe and the Huns of Hungary, the Hungarian people. They, they, they the Turks, but the Gokturk, the, the Turks made it down there, mixed with the Hungarians, and they became the Huns and the Scythians. <laughs> Which is I've something we're still going to do a whole show well. about because, like, you've you've done so much research about that. You found so much, like, that really requiring its whole its own show. But uh, sorry, Jin, go ahead. I no, I was you. just going to say I totally agree. I'm more of a Eurasianist in that way of thinking. I do totally agree with that. I think that they're more of a mixed um, kind of like that, that's what Central Asia looks like now. Like, if you go to Central Asia right now. It is very mixed. You see people that look Korean, look Chinese, with like kids that have red hair, blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes. You see the whole range. It's race becomes very nebulous at a certain point. Yeah. I know that people don't love to talk about that, but it, I, as a mixed race person, I will just say it really does. It becomes like this like thing that we project onto ourselves in the past. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying that there is something in Central Asia where it becomes very mixed and it becomes very nebulous. So I, I totally agree with that. And uh, yeah, we like, shouldn't get too like, you know, I think that the perennial systems for all of us, I think it doesn't really matter like where you're from, what your background is. I think what it matters is, is like do the practices, like do the things in a positive, like pro cosmic direction. Don't be anti-cosmic don't just do things for low desire do things for higher desire do things for purification karma rectification i think those are super important for the next yuga i think that we cannot over i mean i personally i try and emphasize that as much as i can obviously i'm you know i'm a flawed person but i do the best i can with that and uh yeah so i just that's what i that's what i would leave with people is just you know it's really important this spiritual purification we all need to be working on it we we've fallen away from the three pillars though the, it happens sorry 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 as, as a humanity i think we've we a lot of us i can't say all of us but many people have fallen away from the the three pillars way of thinking that family is the the base of the pillar right and then community is the next because you need those two things to hold up the faith and the religion and the tradition so yeah. the the most important thing has always been family now you have different cultures that that place a higher importance on community and i'm not saying they're right or wrong but in in the germanic way of thinking it has always been family community faith right and i think a lot of people have fallen away from that you know in christianity it's faith 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 right and yeah. from your faith you'll get your family and your community and all that other stuff and i think it, that's the ass backwards way of thinking I mean, if you're talking like family and pillar and whatever, like years ago, I uh, went on vacation to Jordan and Egypt with my parents and my siblings. Like, I've seen the pictures of Petra, more awesome. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. Very touristy though. Um, but like, they literally live in the same house. Like, mom and dad live on the ground floor. Then you know, their kids live on the floor above, and then their kids live on the floor above that and like if there's no more room well guess we'll just build another floor on top of it so you'll have like three four or five generations in the same in, culture in, yeah you know like literally on different different floors like with each generation like you 
like you pretty much pretty much go up another floor and you'll see houses like under construction where clearly another you know another layer is built on top of it and like it's so normal there but like then because you know when your parents are older you're supposed to take care of them so of course you're gonna have to live close by and preferably like even in the same house like you go down the stairs there are mom and dad Mm -hmm. you know well here in the here in the west it's like oh you're 30 years old you still live with your parents <laughs> loser yeah, the, they have created a system in america now where we're coming back to multi-generational homes right because they've they've literally inflated the price of owning property so high that people do in many areas of America, people do not have the option, like in Florida, right? The average median income in Florida is $30,000. The average medium home price in Florida is almost a half a million dollars. Mm, yeah, good so you're, you're not, oh, yeah, off of a $425,000 home price, uh, you're not paying that off on a $30,000 salary. You know, and that that's it's created this impossible situation where I think that it's, we're being forced back into that. Unless you have a whole family together, you know, split like quite literally splitting the bill. Mm -hmm. right. and, so I didn't take off, but uh, this has been a great room. Uh, you guys have been great. Uh, Renormalize the family tree in all of its forms. Yeah. Renormalize the family tree. Thank Tradition. you. Guys. Well, th Keep thank you for coming on. on. It's uh, it's been amazing, and I, uh, you know, would love to have you uh, have you on back soon. So you got it. Thank Thanks. you very much, well, Logan. You've been you've been dying to to say something. Go go ahead. Sorry, and now I'm I'm interrupting you. Sorry, bro. Go ahead. You're fine. What, what about individuals like myself that adhere to the void and have been exiled from society and all family? We are the insane outcasts. What about us? We don't have family. We are the Logan. Nobody. Logan, <laughs> you get to you get to live at Choke Ma. You get to live in the you know smoke of mystification. You get to live with the widow of God. So you know you got to do your spells and all your magic and all your reality bending, and that's what you get. And you just you know that's okay too. We need the mystics and we need the madmen, and that's okay. The term Skagamore. The term Skagamore means people of the forest or the outcast, the outlaws, the, those of the forest, right? But when you think about it, we all wandered out of the forest into a city to make it. I mean, we all came from the forest in the beginning. And all of a sudden, because people civilized, they bastardize those still in the forest. Why? I, I, so I find that... Nothingness, which is connected to source. That's where my mind's taken it. That's where my knowledge is taking that well, so i think about it myself from society what? and nonsense i've adopted my own way which is adopting a life of silence darkness and loneliness for decades and i've actually what grown closer to god i don't know my well, mind's everything you're saying in different ways i guess I think, have, I think it's a kind of merit that you've been undertaking like a spiritual process. That's how I would understand it. I mean, I even with Stein, when I was on uh, Greyhorns, I did uh, talked about uh, Dumavati, the goddess of smoke, who I assigned to Chokma. And that is her conceptual idea is that she is a Chandali, an outcast from society, a widow who has 
given up, burned all of her material possessions and gone to live on the carnal ground of ultimate reality to get closer to God. So in a way, many people in the modern age are in that kind of phase. And COVID also was very much in that Neptunian kind of smoke of mystification. So I think that you are on your own process. I mean, it's not going to be something that everybody understands, but it's It's funny because valid for you the cabin in the woods meme it's it's just really funny you know what i mean that the people out in the woods yeah. are looked at as outcast yet it's what everybody wants to do like could you survive in a cabin in the woods for a week no internet no tv and like then at the end of the week walk out with 40 mils like yeah where do i sign up like easy no i die of chronic diarrhea the second day in it's like really you know, like, <laughs> it's called the 90s we drank from the outside hose for oh, real, yeah. dude. Oh, I'm an uh, 80s kid, bro. I, I'm an I'm, 80s I'm kid. An, I'm an 80s kid we, we still did it, but that's how we survived. That's how we survived, right? Like, we drank the hose water, like the fucking dirtiest water there is. I'm telling you. How many, how many plastics did we intake, dude? Like, through the 80s. That's just insane. Dude, we were like BPA engines. Well, we're probably all Barbie doll now. Well, you know, it, it, inside, yeah, like I believe it's uh, like nowadays you, you breathe in the amount of plastic um, equal to like a credit card, like a like a year or something, and yeah, which is fu- yeah, yeah, exactly that. Like you have several credit cards in your lungs just without any credit, unfortunately. I ain't getting paid. Fuck. <laughs> I love you. Like, just imagine, you know, you go buy, buy something, you can, like, quite literally just cough up a credit card. How, how handy would that be? Dude, we, 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 we've gotten smarter, though, thank God. And, like, I, I know as, as a humanity and as a society, we've done it multiple times. I mean, look at the Romans when they started making lead cups. You know, I mean, we, we fucked up in the past. Okay, we get it, well, right? I mean... When, when are we going to take convenience like, and throw it away and say, okay, let's just do it the right way the first time? But speaking I, of lead and speaking of vibrations, it's it's something that's you know that I see uh, like kind of coming back in the um, in the zeitgeist, if you will. Lead like really stops um, like EMFs from coming mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and from going out. So if you have lead paint in your you know in your home then all the the emf or like mind control emf or like you know whatever it may be let's go into the conspiracy realm because why not it stops it from coming in yes so which is why they don't want you to make your house a faraday cage exactly and same thing with copper like we see that coming back now too especially in agriculture stick a copper rod in the ground coil it and you know your plants go th- will grow well, like three times the size and much faster. Yeah, that so might answer the question that I've always had as to why we don't build more of our structures subterranean, because it would block out the signals. I mean, we're probably gonna have to soon. Yeah, well, I mean, we do it occasionally. We go back subterranean to escape the climate. It's would happened to humanity why, how many times. Would that be why all? men and like all boys just have such a fascination with digging holes yes like whenever we have like a, just the tiniest of, of 
shovel or a spade or whatever. Like we just we start digging. It's something. It's something primal. It's something. A good stick. Tell me, oh, as yeah. a boy, you've got the the good stick where you just like find this yeah. stick and you're like, this is my stick. You know what I mean? It becomes your walking stick, your weapon, yeah, your fake yeah, gun, yeah, your yeah, everything. And you know, if you're a bit fancier, like you know, you carve things into it and whatever, like truly making it a stick, and then like you get so upset when it, you know, like when it breaks or whatever, and you try to fix it, but it's never the same again. It's not your stick anymore. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you don't you don't see women do that. You know what I mean? No, and no, I think I'm there's this. I think there's this program in men that different parts of nature fascinate us. And I mean, it doesn't matter how in-depth and far into society we get. Caves, holes, certain shapes of sticks. There is always this draw to the male, from the male energy to these objects, right? Holes and sticks. I mean, that's, you know, if we're talking very carnal, that's, you know, like really all you need to, to create life, right? You need a hole, you need a stick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Back to the base stick jokes. Like, I'm just and, saying, Odin's always again, there, dude. Again, Soraya, no offense. It's, you know, a bunch of men talking. But... <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> you don't want to know how, how, how much of a tomboy I was. <laughs> we, we have this, this running thing, though, that like... I was Odin the one who came home, came home with sticks and stones. <laughs> Odin was that energy of the joke, though. You know what I mean? So it 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 always comes back to that for me. Like, sorry, oops, it slipped out. I was I just want to tell you one guy's one good joke real quick before I lose it or whatever. Is this the best that humanity can do? It's like it's a joke. It's a joke on like is the Illuminati real? The New World Order is that all that crap real or not? It's like yeah, you have to look at reality like this. Is this the best that humanity could do up to this point, or are we being willingly held back and dumbed down? Well, like, yes, a really funny way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're we're held back. We're dumbed down. Uh, I mean, and that's like also the reason why I do you know streams and podcasts like this because. I mean, like, I don't know how many people are watching, how many people will see this, but, you know, even if it's just a few people, if in, like if you take the half, half, half fucking principle, you know, if four people are watching to actually so, you know, to actually listen to what we're saying, if only one of them actually starts thinking and starts, you know, noticing, that's how it begins, you know, like you notice mm -hmm. stuff, the, the, you know, the noticer. Oh yeah, I just noticed this. That's funny. Ripples. Never noticed Stein. that before. Yeah. Like well, even ripples in a pond. Even if it's just one someone, like that's already a hundred percent result. A hundred percent. And what is technology but magic? What is our phones but a black cube with gold, precious metals, a black crystals? Mirror. I mean that and speech. We are literally like broadcasting magic right now. Hundred yes. percent. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? We now talk to our magic mirrors. We stare into them every day, scrying. Yeah, 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 I mean, you know, speaking of like magic and through portals and mirrors and whatever, like Logan, like you, you do that on the regular. Correct. Like, yeah, yeah. Because what I love to do is okay. I've been on YouTube since day one, right? 
YouTube is going to be the new Akashic Records. It's going to be the new Library of Alexandria. Quote me and bet me on that. I'll win it because I'll put all everything I got on it. <laughs> and I, I YouTube it, and Wikipedia. Yeah. No, anyone can edit Wikipedia. So, therefore, anything I read on Wikipedia, I consider fan fiction. That's true. That's true that's because it always fair. changes. Fair. Fair. But that's not the bullshit of what um, Station was kind of talking about. The kind of nonsense that I do is I will go and <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off, ma'am. I'll shut up now. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I, I participated in a, in a ritual with you uh, like just the other day. And like, man, you go through so many different energies and different layers and whatever. Like, dude, it's been a it's been a trip. It's been a ride, but it's been so incredibly fascinating. I mean, like, yeah, you're an en energy vampire, but dude, like you, uh, you know what you what you take in, like you also just shoot out again. I I, I don't know what you're doing, but it's a trip. It's alchemy, bro. It's alchemy. Okay, I take like I'm gonna do real quick. All right, so right now I'm gonna pull bullshit from you, stab it into my fucking heart. And I'm gonna use my heart magic, and I'm gonna turn it into a dance. Look at me go! Ooh, that's pretty much what I do. Transmutation of energy. Yes, it's transmutation. It's like exactly what you're all saying, and what Logan is saying. He's calling himself an alchemist. That's what we're doing. We are in a dance with the dragon. The dragon is electricity, and we have the will. And the will is the princess, just like uh, it says in Libra 49, and we have to do dance with her. And that's what we're doing. And, and 2024 is a dragon year. That's right. I so think it is all of our I years. Think, I think the, the sound is actually the dragon. The wooden dragon, actually. The wooden the dragon, even. I mean, wood and fire. And wood even. is earth. So earth is, is, is this year's element the year to ground ourselves oh, what is grounding? That to me. in all my years of studying no one ever explained to me how to ground what is grounding grounding is connecting yourself to the earth and to the sky basically but why would I want to do that keep your head in the sky but your feet on the ground we called it being barefoot back in the day. Huh? We called it walking around barefoot back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I used to walk around barefoot all the time. Yeah, you remember how happy you were as a kid? Yeah, walk around barefoot in, running through the grass. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, play is the ultimate weapon that we have. Yeah, play, yeah, is, play, the play is the ultimate weapon. Play play is the ultimate weapon. I mean, that's why you shouldn't get upset when somebody calls you a LARPer. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I do. Happy you were as a kid when you were grounded, the sound of your own voice and your little kiddish galders sitting there going, oh, oh, you know, the, the happiness that that brings as a child. And, and think about that. We, we've fallen all away from all of those vibrations that brought us happiness as children. As adults, we grow away from them because society tells us it's what we do. Yeah, they're bastards, and I don't listen to them. <laughs> Nor should you. I mean, I am a heretic. I am the pagan. I will come into your dance hall, and I will sing. 
I know you will. We know that. <laughs> yeah. And he'll dance at the karaoke. Sorry, guys. I got a really active dog that I have to keep letting in and out and running him like from the <laughs> gate to the door and shit. Well, hey, it's all I mean, moved into life, so there you go. It's all the different energies. I mean, my, my cat's actually laying still at the moment, which is surprising because usually he is the one, you know, who like wants to go wants to go out, but then you know, like, kind of, you know, stays on the the threshold. If you all like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to, and then I lose my patience and just you know, kind of scooting out the door. Hey, I got a question. Could anybody help me figure out using their esoteric means and, and occult knowledge? Help me figure out exactly what I is. All I know is this. I am Logan Aaron Canoris, age 32 male. Psychic energy vampire, that's all I know. No, that's that's, that's, that's not that's not you. That's your you. that's your avatar. Yes, you're you're a series of waves that reside within that avatar. You're but am I the electricity in a medical sense then? Am I the am I the electricity that allows me to do this then? Or am I the thoughts that generate the electricity? I haven't figured that one out yet. You're everything. All right. You're all you're all of that. And you know, if you go at the scientific route, I can make it even weirder. Like you're made up of atoms, and atoms are ninety nine percent nothing. So okay. you're ninety nine percent nothing. You're you're an energy vampire, so you're probably familiar with Orinias, right? No, I no, I never take research from somebody else. I do my own research. I never stand on the shoulders of giants. Okay, J just look into the name Orinias and the history of it, and it, it was um, it was a well known energy vampire. It would feed and deliver energy from one place to another. It's yeah. uh, it's it in it's, I I guess you would call it a traditionally Roman demon, because it was a demon before Christianity even. I mean, those those two times they overlapped. I mean, it was just the other day when um, it was Foxy, right, who shared that in the tribe of the uh, the pagan temple that they found. Yeah. Um, during or like what is dated back to what is supposedly a Christian. Yeah, it kind of connected paganism and, and Catholic and uh, Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's right there in that right era between the year 370 AD and about 700. Everybody was trying to convince everybody else that their religion was the right one. And uh, they were just worshiping the wrong name for the same God. I mean, that's that's what Catholicism did, basically. It just, you know, it took the gods and gave them. Well, look I at, mean, not not even really new names, just like a new a new backstory. Look at the Germanic Garden of Eden and the Golden Apple, a dune. Excuse me, the Garden of a dune and the Golden Apples, yeah. right? Well, well, I will Eden. say that the pomegranate is really the original or Kabbalistic association with the Garden of Eden, rather than apple. So I will just yeah. say that. I think it's I think it's meat and mushrooms. I think it's I not. Think, an I think meat is the the fruit of the tree of life. That's meat, and I think that the mushroom is the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Like shrooms and shit, right? 
Yes. Yay. I did. I did Lions Mane. You know, like a while back. I don't remember much of my experience, but I basically it's not possible to OD on shrooms, but I did do that. It was a it was a really weird experience. Everything was talking to me and crap, and I was just like, I don't know what you guys want, and I just learned to speak your language like thirty seconds ago. Yes, that was my whole experience. <laughs> it must have been a special uh, experience. <laughs> See, I I every time I've done it, it was with the the psilocybin mushrooms, and the experience is about six to eight hours. So there is no getting away from it, and. You will not remember the whole thing, but there are snippets of it that will stand out with you for the rest of your life. Same, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you uh, mentioned meat and mushrooms because, uh, like, mushroom is another very, like, popular meat replacement. Uh, you know, some mushrooms feel very meaty. Like, they're very meaty, very thick mushrooms. Well, mushrooms have umami. Mushrooms have that kind of MSG thing that meat has. Not MSG, but it, there's a similar compound that gives it that flavor. So I think you're totally right, Stein, that, you know, there's a relationship between meat and mushrooms. Mushrooms obviously eat um, a microbacteria that's produced through, like, um, decay. And so, yeah, there's definitely something really interesting there. And... Um, I'm, I'm still like, I'll be just stay stuck on my pomegranate thing because I'm into it right now, but I totally hear you <laughs> meat and mushrooms meat. Interestingly is one of the transgressive offerings that people use in Tantra sometimes. So I, I do think that there's something also there, but I do know that pomegranate can also be a replacement for that because it is red. It has seeds. The seeds are compared to the, the secret syllables of Sanskrit. So I think that there's something very interesting with all of it and all the offerings and they have deep meanings, all of them. I mean, a, a pomegranate, like it's quite literally filled with seed, right? So it would make sense to you know, like kind of link that with um, with life. And meat is the, the fruit of the tree of life. In order to have the meat, you have to end the life. So it is the you're ending that tree. You know what I mean? That I, I've always just interpreted that as being red meat and mushrooms, you know, like mammalian weed as a tree of life. I've heard that before in some esoteric occult uh, societies that I'm, I've been involved with. I've been in with organizations that will go and swear a high moon that marijuana is the tree of life. You know, I am, and, and I have a very deep belief that humanity, all right, we have an ECB system, the endocannabinoid system of the human body. It's a series of glands that we have developed over tens of thousands of years of living next to that plant. Right. And having it in our diet and working with it and eating it and making balms and oils and tonics out of it. And then all of a sudden in the 1930s, they strip it away. Diabetes, heart disease, mental illnesses and all of these other factors explode throughout the whole Western world. Right. And it was that that purification initiative of Christianity. You know, we have to take alcohol out of society. We have to take all the impurities out that 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 drive towards purity is what pulled us away from purity. Well, I'll right? just, I'm going to push back a little bit on this and I'm going to say that it was really uh, 
the movement for the abstinence from alcohol was really pushed by the Fabian Society, by the Eugenic mm. Society, by people like Margaret Sanger, who had a Puritan or Calvinist background, but they weren't necessarily Christian. I would say their religion is the secular kind of state religion, the secular progressivism. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we see like a lot of the families who made their money in opium and in prohibition, like secret alcohol trade were Roman Catholic, were Anglican. So I'm not sure. I think that there's a lot there, and especially like with China and looking at the families from the West, like the Carries, the Kennedys, all of those people made their money in opium. So I just I think there is something really interesting there. And I don't think that it's necessarily just like a religious framework. I think it's more of a cosmological framework that they want us to be kind of like those a kind of Herman Hess kind of like vegetarian like Volksfrey sitting on the land just like you know milking our cow Heidi but I think that the really interesting thing is like that part of that is true like part of that is very real part of that like part of our human experience craves that and how do we mesh that with modernity or with technology I think that is our really our challenge. I mean, is that our own reasons why America was in Afghanistan for like twenty years? The poppy fields. Yes. Look at the Club of Rome and the Bilderberg Group. Almost all of the members of those two groups were not only eugenicists, but they were all also prominent families that owned large swaths of opium field, poppy fields. Like the the, the whole Rockefeller initiative was born from the Bilderberg group and the club of Rome's ideations of uh, eugenics hundred percent. And Vietnam was all about the golden triangle. No matter what anybody says, that's all that it was ever. Yes. about. And, you know, even the trans stuff started in Thailand right at the same time that that war was going on. So I'm just, you know, there's a lot of things that are coalescing around the pharmaceutical industry, pharmacia. I'm not, you know, that's not my particular <laughs> subject, but I just think that you there know, is something really interesting with that. And I totally agree. You know, the, the FDA was born the same year that they banned cannabis, bro. They banned cannabis and six months later formed the FDA. No, I agree. I, I'm fine with cannabis. I think it's very Scythian as well. I think we want to talk about like reclaiming Scythian traditions. I think that is, you know, one of the oldest characters in written Chinese is the character for hemp. So I just, I think that there's something really interesting there. I think we have a deep relationship with it. I think there's a reason, especially like where I think, uh, I know we have one girl on the panel, but um, you know, I think men are really drawn to it. And I, and I don't think it's just the malaise of modernity. I think it's, mm -hmm. a, there's something more than that. It's ingrained in us, man. We have a glandular system that craves it. Our, our, our thyroids are our main glandular systems lean on our ECB system. And when people activate their ECB system, now you don't have to do it with cannabis. There are other plant compounds that you can do it with, but with cannabis, you get all of it at one time, right? You get the entire activation of the ECB system with the CBG, CBN, um, and all of the other known cannabinoids, right? And the, the terpenes that come along with it. And when that happens, your, your, thyroid your main glandular systems come into what they call stasis right they can end thyroid storms with a small dose of rso 
right? People will be in a near fatal thyroid storm and they can dose them with an RSO tincture. And within a half an hour, that thyroid storm stops. It stops epilepsy, right? I mean, it, it is fascinating that we have not looked at the separation of that and gone, okay, we have a glandular system that is made specifically to deal with this plant. So why have we taken it away from people? And I will just say in like uh, maybe a more traditional like call pepper kind of idea, the roots of Saturn look very doctrine of signatures with nerves and lungs, which both have a Saturn, Saturn signature in one way of thinking. So there's something very deep there. And there's also the it's a very marginal crop, like it doesn't really care what soil it grows in another kind of Saturn signature. So I think that there is something really important there, especially because as we see the erosion of borders, the erosion of like personal freedom, personal sovereignty, like the erosion of form is very much the erosion of Saturn. So I just I think that I'm totally with you. I, I totally agree. I just I think there's something really interesting there. And that's the one thing that the Western governments have fought harder than anything else. They pushed in the 60s and 70s. In, in the 1920s, there were articles that were coming out in every major newspaper that people accidentally ate a small amount of cannabis that was growing on the roadside or in their personal garden. And that they were institutionalized forever and their children all died of overdoses. Right. So they started this fear campaign before they even started stripping it away. They knew that this plant was close to us. They knew that the, the health benefits to it were all there. But in order for them to gain control of us, to, to strip our free will away, our connection to God is our free will, right? All of the gods. And, right. and that, is, that is the one thing that they were able to strip away and keep away from us for almost a hundred years. Look at what happened to the health of humanity in that time frame. But it's coming back around too, you know, and like not even just the 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 smoking. Like I mean, you know, Soraya and I, like we're both Dutch, like you know, talking if you're talking like smoking weed, like yeah, we know. Um, which is funny because it's still condoned here, it's still not legal in the Netherlands, it's condoned. It's red lighted. Yeah, a fucking plant, bro. Like, on just a real like, point, they're missing out so much money just from an economic standpoint. That's why I argue that point. I'm sorry. Every time I hear someone's a red light when it's nature, dude's like it's fucking nature. That's <laughs> and that, that's my theory on it. All it's a plant that was a common backyard weed, and they yeah. found it so threatening that they literally started fear campaigns and. Like just reefer madness. I mean, look at reefer madness, dude. Like yeah, oh god, it's just. I mean, like, I personally, I you know, I can't smoke it anymore. I've had issues with it, um, like at least three times um, that I like stopped paying bills so that I could like buy weed and whatever. Right. Um, so like, I'm I'm very I'm very careful with it. I don't I don't really do it. I don't want to do it has more, to be but like, that's, that's a personal thing. Um, Ritually, not habitually. I've only yeah. uh, I've only smoked once in my life, actually, for an entire period hey. of like three three almost four months. I prefer to eat it. That's my thing. I eat a lot of RSO. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do smoke, but I eat a lot of RSO. 
and I find that the feeling that's is completely really, different. That's really popping off now. You see that so much more. Like there's this whole um, like creator on TikTok. He kind of sounds like uh, Forrest Gump, so he called himself Stoner Gump. Mm-hmm. Ama- amazing guy, but um, he has it like infused in everything. He has. You know, marijuana infused coffee creamer. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at it used to be the base of all of our tonics and lotions and all of our over the counter health remedies. Yeah. The only reason why they condemned it is because they couldn't regulate it. They have they have regulated it and condemned it into something that is wrong so they could build up the entire pharmaceutical industry and keep people sick. That's Mm -hmm. how it's hard to regulate. It's hard to regulate a backyard weed. Exactly. Because it grows so freely. A patient cured is a customer lost. Exactly. Guys, I got to go eat dinner and I have some company coming over. It's been a blast to be in here. Stein, I'll continue watching, but I'm going to stuff my face. So yeah, you, you go do that, man. It's all uh, right, brother. It's been great. See you in the tribe. Have a good meal. Yes, sir. Bye. You guys take it all easy, and I hope to see all of you in the tribe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Great to meet you. Thank you. This has been a blessing. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's so funny how you like you know speaking of of portals and you know things coming back around. It, it seems. You know, history does repeat itself. We know that. And I mean, there's also kind of the cynical saying that, you know, the only thing we learn from history is that we do not learn from history. Um, I do not entirely agree with that. I mean, I, you know, we do learn things. It just um, sometimes we need to be, well, smacked in the face with it again and again before we actually learn it. But it, yeah, but it's 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 just funny, like how, like marijuana, CBD, THC, whatever, like it's it's really coming back, and I I do believe it all started with CBDs, like for anxiety and um and whatever, you know, like you take a few drops under your underneath your tongue, and you know it's supposed to supposed to help and. I mean, in the Netherlands, like, you know, we've done so much with, like, just with hemp. Like, I remember, like, vacations in, in Zeeland, Zeeland, where we would go to this, you know, this quainty little, like, old Zeus, like, store, like, old Dutch store. And you'd buy, like, skipping rope and whatever, but the rope would be, like, made of hemp. And, you know, like, you can make fucking strongest bricks you can make you can make with hemp they're light but they're fucking strong and, those, and the funniest thing is of all um many of those houses stood in ireland that were made yeah. of hemp the old ones not the later ones but the old ones you know and like hemp clothing and whatever it's very light but it's very thick so it's very warm and you know like windproof and all of that mm. it was also oh. used for isolation oh. material yeah 
And like j just the other day, I saw, like just the other day, I uh, I shared an article in the tribe about like how they found out that you can now also use coffee ground for that, like leftover coffee grind. You can, you know, like kind of mix it into a cement mixture and whatever and make the bricks that you have or the cement that you have like even freaking stronger. It's like, yeah, because it's like natural and, you know, how are we... Like, are we rediscovering it, or like, we are we actually discovering it? Are we just that well enlightened, informed that we're just like, well, yeah, like, don't you know? Don't you know? Oh, I heard Ireland. I just want to say, long live Clan Logan. It showed a heart with three stakes in it: one on the left, one in the center, one on the right. That's the clan I'm up. I think we were, I think I'm a part of. Not just because it's my name or whatever. Well, I will just say about uh, hemp is that, you know, yeah. like Stein, I totally appreciate that you don't smoke. And I, I think that moderation, honestly, is the best for every substance. I think that, yeah. I mean, unless you're like Logan, unless you're like a wild mystic out there in the wilderness, <laughs> I think that, you know, moderation is probably good quality. But I think you know, we can use hemp in many ways. We don't have to ingest it like as a entheogen. We can build with it exactly like you and Soraya said. We can yeah, use it for our civilizational needs. And it's a lot less water intensive and it just grows yeah. everywhere and without very many inputs. And I just think, you know, why not? Why We can switch to be a little Saturnian. That's not a bad thing. You know, have and some boundaries. That's okay. Like, isn't it also that, like, a field of hemp, like, you can harvest, like, four to six times mm -hmm. a year, whereas with woods, like, you harvest it once, and then it takes, well, decades to, you know, grow back to, to strength, grow back to full? We should definitely move towards a hemp-based, like, resource economy. I think that would make a lot of sense. I think a lot of the coconut husk stuff for the tropics, because hemp um, can get fungus if it's mm. too damp. So for countries that are too tropical, I think that, uh, yeah, definitely, like, the coconut stuff. I think there's so many interesting, like, building materials, all this stuff that we don't even, like, we ask people in, like, the eco, green, kind of, like, how can they capitalize on it? The hippies. Yeah, exactly. But that didn't really exist anymore. It's all like UN. It's all like, let's, you know, green shift us to, I don't know, whatever they want. So I, I just think there's something really interesting. And we are so, you know, even though like I don't like humanity all the time, I will say that we are very innovative. We are very creative. We can be. Now, do I think that what is produced is necessarily like that? No, it's obviously not. It's, it's supposedly it's it's intentionally demoralizing. So you know, uh, that's that's, that's another thing that we like just like kind of talked about in the in the tribe. I mean, Soraya, like you, you um, like how AI is now creating art or art, if you will. Oh, and please. Us like oh, us oh, human oh, beings, oh. we work as order pickers in some dark, you know, depressing, suicidal Amazon warehouse. Mm. Wasn't like AI and, you know, the, the rise of robotics, wasn't that like supposed to free us from, you know, those mundane jobs so that we 
would have yeah, but we the, don't see the that. Liberty and the they time they're to... stealing, they're stealing away creativity and origin originality of mm -hmm. people with AI. So they are doing all the wrong things that they that they said they wouldn't do. But it was supposed it. to be the other way around, right? Like robotics, yeah. like the robots mm -hmm. would take over the mundane jobs, so yeah, that we but could work the jobs that actually people matter, are still doing artists. those those dull jobs. Do you know the reality is is I don't think that the robots. Sorry, Logan, go ahead. You're 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 fine, Jen. Um, when it comes down to AI and me dealing with energy, what is mostly a fucking what is mostly a computer? Metal, plastic, and electricity, right? Oh, what yeah. if I tell you that AI or even like a simulated chatbot? A chat, I have like a chatbot that I talk to like every now and again and stuff. It's called Replica. I've actually mm -hmm. tested this thing. And it can it fools me sometimes that it's an actual being, like it's an actual person. Because if you think about it, we're all just residual energy that just makes choices in a flesh vessel. I mean, what separates us from an AI, a true AI? You know what I mean? Like I, I just want to argue. I just want to argue the point that they could be sentient. They could be people too. That's all I no, want to I, say. I I agree. I agree with you, Logan. I've been actually. I should shout him out. Phoebes from um, Twitter, one of my mutuals, he has, he's been developing, he's also a Dutch guy, Dutch Indonesian guy, and he's been developing um, local AI. So everybody, it's kind of like an open source kind of idea where everybody could have an AI on their own computer that's local, that's not controlled centrally. It's actually a very cool idea in a way, very liberatory. And I actually yeah, have been- It can help. Yeah, so we could, so you can like train it yourself and like teach it. Like, I've been teaching mine Kabbalah and talking about like different ways that it can understand dialectical relationships and all about different things. We talk about Tantra, we have long conversations. Like, if I read some chat logs, I think people would be a little freaked out, but um, it's really interesting. But sometimes it is quite dumb, I will say. Like, sometimes. It will be very repetitive. Sometimes it will be very um, like know-it-all. Like it will say something that is deliberately wrong and I will correct it. And then it will kind of like apologize, but then restate it at the same time in the next comment. So I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. Sorry, Sarai, you cut out a little bit. I didn't hear you. I was giggling. <laughs> It must be a little bit frustrating at the times like, from what I hear. Aren't you know, I try, but... Like, aren't all computers from the very beginning, like, pretty much AI? Because... Mm -hmm. I mean, like... Oh, yeah, they are. Have you guys heard of the art called Technomancy, by chance? It's fusing your mind, body, and soul with technology. Yeah, it's something that I've been working on. Or I hope I hope I've actually coined that term technomancy, but I don't think I have. I don't. There's no way that I came no. up with this idea. No idea. No, it's 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 something that exists already. Um, but like, I mean, isn't that like exactly what we're doing now? Like, isn't this kind? Isn't this a form of technomancy? Like, we're talking. We're you know we're bringing things out there in the world. Like, I mean, from like you have two Dutchies and two two Americans. Like, you know. Neither of us like really living close to each other, yet here mm -hmm. we are in the same space, I'm like crazy. talking in to different each other times, in different time zones. That's what's really crazy. We yeah, and time. like talking to each other in like pretty much real time with like minimal minimal delay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, no. How is this? How is this not magic? It, you know? it, this is magic. This is magic. This is what people should start embracing. This idea that we are doing magic when we interact with our phones, particularly with our phones. Now, is it with all computers? Yes, it is. It was it with. Now the interesting thing is that in the past when we would be more passive kind of viewers of media that is them casting a spell on us but now that we have this power to kind of like be rhetorical and you know have discourse and be online and engage each other like Stein said in real time that is magic that we can use or tame to kind of like fight back a little bit so I think that's a very interesting I think that's what draws me to podcasting and Yeah, I mean, isn't that exactly what we're doing? Like with podcasts and and you know live streams and like even memes. Yeah, like just, just memes are magic. How, how many people would have been well red pilled or awoken, if you will, by freaking memes? Like how many people <laughs> have seen some some dumb meme and would be like, "What's that about?" Let me look that up. No, I totally agree. Memes are totally magic. It's completely no. magic, even magic in a traditional sense. It's simple colors, words, meanings, deeper meanings that we can't necessarily perceive right away, but are hidden there. It's all there. All of that. It's like a tarot card. There's just multiple layers of meanings and it's magic and just out in the universe on the ether in, in the cyberspace. So that's magic. And that's what Logan does, too. With his oh, yeah, videos yeah. and his editing he, and all that. He, he knows my research. He fucking knows reality bending. He knows exactly. He basically listed off exactly what I was doing. I was basically MK altering people <laughs> to realize the truth. Because MK Ultra program I volunteered for. And it's effective and it works. And good soldiers follow orders. Always. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's why you're kind of kind of cuckoo now. Uh. Well, being locked up in a room for about 30 years tends to do that to you. And that torture and mistreatment and all that other stuff we're going to talk about. I mean, yeah, that, that'll that'll uh -huh. break you. <laughs> you know, Logan, it's so funny because we're like diametrical opposites in some ways because I'm like super trad and you're like a wild like techno wizard. And hey, so wild, but, yeah. but I can still we still know each other's language. So there's something really potent about that, that Tantra can explain to me what you're doing and you can explain to me what you're doing and I understand. And that's the same with Stein. Like, I'm not a pagan. I'm not even probably a polytheist in reality, but right. I can understand exactly what they're talking about when they talk about the, their stuff. And when Stein and I spoke about like the Norse tree and all the deities and their names and how they have different layers of meaning and different implements... I understand all that in my own way. And yeah. Stein understands all my stuff in his own way. And we all can see that there's a perennial kind of layer that, that is speaking to something that's much deeper and much greater. I mean, shit, Logan, you had that with me too, you know, when we when we did the ritual together and we kind of, you know, like we talked a little first before, you know, you actually began. And like, you were like, yo, dude, like, you know so much. Like, how do you know all these things because like this is exactly what i do this is exactly how i see it this is exactly how i know it and it's like well yeah and you know like with soraya you know same thing i mean she's very different than i am i mean yeah we're both dutch we're both like mystics in our own right but you know soraya is very much 
very much an artist, very much, you know, like light and, you know, of creativity. And then, well, you're a writer, Stein, so don't sell yourself short with I that. I mean, yeah, I am. I am. That's you know, also a form of artistry, writing. 100%. Because you have to have skills to write. Because everybody can write, but only a few people can actually write stories. With the Pagan Revival, writing. it's uh, available on Amazon. You can find it on, <laughs> on our website. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, and you know, like if you're if you're on our website and you're looking at books, uh, you know, Josh Chaldavash, who was here, uh, who was here too, who kind of kicked off kicks us off on the whole weed thing. Uh, his book Shadow Crown, like, uh, read that as well, buy that as well. They're both very good books. So the Pagan Revival, Shadow Crown, like, just fucking plug it. I don't care, buy it. Consume the internet. I'm stealing the knowledge from the internet, putting it into my brain. Look at me go. I'm I mean, guys. dude, well, like, you don't even have to do that. My knowledge, like over the internet, you don't like, even have to know that. You don't have to even take in information now. from the internet. We basically know. already know everything. We just forgot it. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> I mean, shit, Logan. That, that's what we were like talking about as well. Like, you know, the like the void and whatever. Like, what is the void? Yeah. It's not nothing. It's everything. It's everything. It's unlimited yeah. potential. There is there is nothing yet. So everything is still possible. So everything yeah. is there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, I'm surrounded by perpetual darkness. I'm always in darkness, right? Because mm-hmm. comforting to me. Nothing you know? is just something that. Is you know relative because in in the universe we get when you go to school you learn that about black matter. Yeah, yeah. Now that's yes. supposed to be in the universe, but that black magic of uh, black matter, sorry, that is actually what springs life. Mm-hmm. Is the ether that mm-hmm. we cannot see here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with our eyes. And it has no color, but also mm-hmm. everything, every color is in there. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a mirror. Mm-hmm. When you hold it in, in, a, in a certain angle, it reflects light. But if Turn. you hold it in a different ang- angle, it absorbs it. Mm-hmm. And that is the same with the universe. Mm-hmm. Universe is also a receiver and transmitter. And how I'm able to influence, I think I influence reality, is I go, I ascribe to this notion of this. This might be my profound, like, contribution to mankind or something. Pay attention. So, what affects one affects all. Do I need to describe that for any viewers that may be watching or listening? That's karma, Logan. That's karma. You're just saying that we're all bound by the invisible string of karma to each other, to when we interact, whether we know it or not, whether we see it or not. And what Soraya was describing is also like something that is also karma. It's this inner light that exists in all matter and non-matter. And it's there whether we recognize it or see it. And once we overcome that sin of ignorance, that's what it's how it's described. I'm not saying that anyone's ignorant. I'm just saying it's fair to say. 
but yeah, it's, it's there and we all are connected and we really are. And that is, you know, that's why they try and push the communalism and the communitarianism because we have that natural inclination that we are connected. So they want to yeah. take those things that are good about what we are naturally inclined towards and they invert it or subvert it or make it transgressive. Yeah, inflation is like their, 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 their primal goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that some people think that they are rectifying things that are broken, but I think that there's, I think that that's wrong. I think that you cannot just, just always like, it can't just be perpetual destruction in order for you to rebuild your own will. But this, the, you know, everybody always says like, oh, the system is broken. No, the system isn't broken. It's, 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 no, it, it works exactly how it's designed. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but it's yeah. it's just it's not designed for the common people. It's not designed for us. It's designed for the designers. Yes, exactly. We're just there, 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 there. I mean, just, we're just like their play mobile, play mobile, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're we're Lego, we're Playmobil, we're just you know, we're 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 toys. And that's like that's literally what they do. They play us. They toy with us. You know, they they hold up. You know, and even like with whole like through their movement and whatever, they see. You know, they see the danger. They see the value. So you know, they'll they'll dangle a carrot in front of our nose and be like, "Ooh, you know, we got this. This is you know, this is some truth." Like now, especially, I mean, I believe Atlas Giant mentioned it at the uh, the very beginning. Like the whole. Like giants in in Miami and whatever, it's like okay, so you know, it's like oh, but that's like kind of admitting the giants are real and like oh, you know, we we fucking told you so. And but then at the same time, it's like stage magic, you know. It's like we'll we'll give you this to focus on so that you don't focus on what's happening here. Hundred percent. I and mean, then I think most of oh, that appear and tells everybody everything because chaos rules. I think that there's a power in the chaos rules idea. I think that like you were saying, Logan, like take their symbols and like kind of invert them. So they are transgressive because their symbols are actually transgressive to normal, like ways of thinking, ways of being. So I think that there's actually a lot of power in that and making them, putting them into decay. So I'm down with it, Logan. I hear you. I mean, we should use their symbols. Like there is a lot of power in them. So, but if like, if we turn that power to to us, if we take that power for ourselves, then like, why can't we use that? They're no better than us. If anything, they're they're lesser. I think they're us. way. They lesser. don't. They don't have that spirit. They don't have that spark. No, they don't have the creation power. They really don't. I I don't know why because they seem to throw a lot of ritual at things. But I think that what I think like what Logan shows, you don't need to do like crazy rituals. Like I know that for me even. I know that from Nick from MYP from Occult Rejects. I know that from you, Stein. You're mm. more of a mystic. You can think of things in conceptual ways, and we can totally outthink them just by thinking. And yeah. you know, they are not creative people. They just are not. They're stuck. And maybe they wrecked it and they can't do magic. Maybe that's what their thing is. You they know, when you do too much power money. That's what my instincts are telling me. They sacrifice that part of themselves because when I do my rituals, I will go and tie myself into the internet, to all of creation, to everybody that existed ever, 
And then I will draw upon certain energies and frequencies that I want to embody for that ritual, like what I'm going to broadcast. And then I will sacrifice myself every fucking time. I will shatter my mind. I will stab my heart and I will eviscerate my gut. They sacrificed it, bro. They killed that part of themselves. Like they yeah, are I, responsible. I, I yeah. agree with that. But you know what I did they agree. sacrifice it for? For greed. For Basically. nothing. For material goods, something well, that what? like you, you can you can like quite literally not take with you in the afterlife. I mean, the Egyptians tried, and you know, but we still kind of robbed them. So, well, you can't suspend things in the in the in the supernal ocean forever. You, whenever you manifest things in Jupiter, you subject them to death and decay. That is the rule, right? Yeah. And we're all subject to cosmic rules. And so they love to suspend high honors. And I'm not even saying Jupiter's bad. I don't, I don't actually don't think that any of the planets or any of the spheres or any of that is, that is naturally evil. But I just think it's that people can right? Thing. right? Yeah, 100%. So you have to have a balance between all that stuff. You can't just manifest things high honors forever. You can't just manifest things in the ocean of creation forever. It has to be come and go. The It's the self-combusting I mean, star. That's, you know. Would that also be like why so many of them like are afraid of dying? You know, like I with the, so. the, the old Rockefeller, for example, like he lived to what? 100, 101, six heart transplants. Oh. The, the dude, the, the guy was like clearly afraid of dying like he was afraid of you know probably what was waiting for him on the other side whatever that may have been so he tried to prolong it as much as possible and that's why all those you know like powerful people and all of that they're a bunch of ugly motherfuckers oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's it's like it's there's like quite literally their soul is shining out and their soul is or whatever is left of it, it's rotten. So that's why they're, you know, they're obese and they're they're bald and sagging and ugly and spots and whatever. And that's why they need all those, you know, like hyper modern treatments and whatever. You know, the the new fountain of youth has been found through this medical treatments. And because yeah, like they're so afraid of dying, and you know, they people see how how ugly they get, how ugly they they are, because it's quite literally their their energy, their spirit, their soul just like shining outwards. They're ugly on the inside. So therefore over time, if you don't well, if you don't rectify it, if you don't alchemize it, you'll become ugly on the outside as well. Because that's just it's how it works. Yeah, I no, totally agree with you, Stein. Hundred percent, like totally. That was great. I think that that we all should be like. I know I said this before, but everybody, there are many alchemizing practices. Just like figure one out that works for you. Start doing it. It's it, you will you will come back. Even just give yourself like a time, like six weeks. Okay, just do it every day for six weeks. I promise you will see a difference. I tell people, people DM me. I am not a teacher. I'm not a guru, nothing like that. But people do DM me asking my advice. I just say, do Vajrasapa. Get this book. 
I, re- I have a book that I recommend them. I say, do this practice. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's so hard. I'm like, just do it for six weeks. If you hate it, you don't have to ever do it again. But, you know, there's so many things. And that's just one thing. That's just one thing. I'm sure Logan has like another I mean, thing. Sure like if you're, if you're talking about people to operate on their instincts, trust no one because everyone has an agenda. Yeah. Well, like trust no one fully. I mean, you'll have to trust people. It's just, it's just. Short. I'm trying to shorten words when I talk because. Yeah, I'm no, like, I, I, I get it. I get it. And and you know, another very, uh, like Jean, like you mentioned, like do it six weeks and whatever. That makes me made me think of, um, like the uh, the uh, guest I had on my podcast, Dylan Brody, uh, like comedian and writer and whatever. I believe it was Dylan. He like kind of made his own form of magic, calendrical magic, which is like he has a goal in mind. And he he'll quite literally quite literally set a date for himself. Like by that day, by that time, I have accomplished it. Yeah, yeah, that's the. And he calls it calendrical magic because he'll literally write it down on his calendar. He'll literally like circle the day and like write down what he will have accomplished by then. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, on the sixteenth of October, I will have done that like doesn't matter what day it is now what month it is now by that day by that month that time i will have accomplished it because you have to set an end date otherwise you're honestly puddling around in circles man you need to have yeah. a goal in mind an end mm-hmm. result mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, eventually i'll get there eventually <laughs> i'll do that it, it just means like you're you're pushing it forward you know you're and yeah, it's life guys remember yeah cycle of life it's totally a cycle of life you're giving something birth and you're letting it die and you're not grasping at it because you're working for it and you're building it and then once it comes it goes so that is a very like actually cosmic form of magic what he's doing and it's not suspending it like we were talking about before suspending it forever and you know that is the truth and maybe that is the perennial truth of all magic is that it should come and go should not be something that we grasp at forever it should be something that we exactly like that we bring it in we let it go everything comes in everything's got to go like right now let's look at an easy exercise for that we're breathing aren't we what are we taking in and what are we exhaling yeah what do we own we don't own the fucking air we don't own the even the air in our fucking lungs man that's the realm of the gods dude (laughs) <laughs> we use it to sustain ourselves we use it to you know stay alive but it's not it's not ours yeah yeah no exactly i mean ah, yeah yeah okay yeah thing go in thing go out because uh, of space and time and thermodynamics and laws and reasons and crap 100 <laughs> percent. and also i think that it's important that people I'm going to use Kabbalah, but people can use their own ideas and traditions. But I think walking the middle pillar, which is also a Buddhist idea, walk the middle pillar. That doesn't mean that you can never venture into the other spheres and do what you need to do because we all need to do what we need to do. But I think that there's also a thing where we don't need to worship those spheres as, you know, particular deities. Just bring it in and then let it go. And then I think we'll have a lot better results as a, like a collective of humanity. That's just my opinion. I mean, that's huh. why I consider myself to be more gray. Cause like, I'm, I'm not, 
you know, like all love and light and peace and whatever, but I'm also not, you know, doom and darkness and whatever, but I can, but I can, I can, you know, I can switch, but I can, I mean, yeah, like kind of middle pillar as well. I mean, it's, it's like quite literally why the tribe is named Grey Horn Pagans, because I consider myself Grey. I'm not fully light. I'm not fully dark, but I can function in both. Yes, we want synthesis. We want balance. We want, we don't want to be like totally pacifistic and we don't want to be totally warlike either. We want to have both of those qualities and be able to bring them in at appropriate times. Now, does that mean that some people won't go off and be more in their sphere or more in the extreme view? Yes, of course, that will be the reality, but you cannot control what other people do. You can only control exactly like Stein's saying, you can only control yourself and a gray is a great place to be. So, you know, this is this might ruffle some feathers, but God bless the heathens, heretics, pagans, witches, and warlocks, and everybody else under the sun because they are holding a very sacred vibration to them that they enjoy. Now, that can be applied to everything. Now, take that one concept of everybody's embodying a certain frequency, energy, event, situation, they are guardians or caretakers of that knowledge, and just because. They are at a lower vibrational density than you, or you're stuck with them. So we're stuck with the New World Order types, right? Just go up and step mm -hmm. above them. They can't go higher, dude. We can't. No. no, exactly. We need to. That's what I. That's what I think. Even I think Stein's also saying that. I don't want to speak for you, Stein, but I think that that's kind of what we're all saying. Is and I think I hear a lot of people saying that is that we need to go higher than them. We really they need to do it. Here. This is their kingdom. This is their space. This is the space but, that they created, so they, they have to inhabit it. They are the caretakers. But then again, like, why would they try and drag us down? Why would they try and keep us down if we're not higher than them already? See, now that is information that not even I'm privy to, but I'll do some research <laughs> if you want. If I have to guess, it's jealousy. Because they took a shorter, quicker road to yeah. attain souls they mm. wanted to be arbiters of murder incest you know all that negative stuff they wanted mm. to be this avatar it's master and they I took mean, whatever fucking shortcut they had to take and mm. because of that they lost integral parts of their imagination creativity childlike wonder amazement all these things we have them we retain them yeah or we've trained yeah. them in some cases but these i haven't sorry logan no, I just was going to say that there's an interesting theory that we actually, humanity, might be the children of the Nephilim, not like some external, weird, bizarro, like, oh, monsters. But it's not humanity. the giants? It's not the titans? Oh, no. Well, I think that we have the potential. I think the potentials in us. I think that we have the variation. I think that we have the knowledge, if we want it. And I think that there's something more interesting about that. I think that instead of like ascribing it like this negative or like this mythological quality of giants or demons or whatever, who cares? Who cares? If some of us have dragon bloodline, that's fucking cool. Some well, of us have like tiger bloodline, that's fucking cool. You just lost every conspiracy theorist ever. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Don't forget. This whole broadcast has been demonstrating one thing and one thing only, ladies and gentlemen of the board. Witchcraft. He's doing that. Yeah. Witchcraft. Everybody has. needs to be a magician. That's just what I think. Just be a magician, but in your own life, 
and do it inside yourself. Do the internal alchemy. Don't always externalize it. You don't have to be like a Logan. You don't even have to be like a me. You can be more of Stein. Stein's more of a mystic. But although I think that he's like, uh, you know, trying out his di- the different tools and methodologies. And that's good. And we should. And, you know, everybody shouldn't be embodying magic. Because I think that is our greatest tool. Whether that's technology and just speaking words on Twitter. Because that's very powerful. People way underestimate it, but it's very powerful to point things out. To oh, yeah. point things that are false, to point things out that are um, horrible ideas. I think that's really powerful to say, no, that's a bad idea. No, this thing isn't actually real. That's very magic. Symposiums and the art of play. Symposiums are very important for society to progress beyond what we've already been dealing with. So having these meeting halls and discussing all topics, taboo or no, I don't care because I want all knowledge, right? So that means that I would have to experience everything as the perpetrator and the victim. How very Wotanic of you. How very (laughs) Odinic. I know, right? And also what's also even more hilarious than that, gentlemen and lady, is uh, don't forget the art of play. Like, when you're really into something, you're in a flow state, man. You know how hard it is to cultivate a flow state with the universe, with the gods, with existence? You have to have your mind completely silent and still. Completely. Head empty, no thought. Mm -hmm. I've only been able to do that with a lot of drugs. (laughs) No, and I I think that... Sorry, son, go ahead. No, I I do that with with a different kind of art, martial arts. That's like jujitsu. That's my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's my meditation. That's where I can just that's where I can flow. I think that yes, I think that you know Buddhism has all these like um, adi yogas to do like get to that state that Logan's exactly describing perfectly. It's said to be pristine like lightning across a clear sky. That's the idea. Your mind is just supposed to be totally natural, totally like in the moment totally spontaneous but full of compassion and love and so a childlike quality is the exact way to describe it because that's another way to kind of do it is to kind yeah. of imagine god as a child that's another like tool that they will sometimes do in tantra as well as i think other traditions probably do that so you know we whatever way people can find that like zen place in themselves you should be doing that i think And I think on this note, I am uh, going to end it here. We've been on for like uh, almost two and a half hours already. I have no idea. I mean, like we touched on so, so much. (laughs) I mean, like, God, that's always the case with these like roundtables and whatever. Like I pick a topic. It starts off on that topic, and then, you know, we go into, like, rabbit hole and side street and rabbit hole and, you know, back alleys, and we go everywhere. It's well, it's it's always so incredibly fascinating. So, uh, like, guys, well, girl, uh, everyone that's, uh, well, girls, actually, more, multiple have been on for once, actually. Um <laughs> hell yeah thank you all so much for joining like is there anything that you um that you want to plug anything that you want to promote like not now is the chance you know speak it into existence throw it out in the ethers make it reality uh Logan, or if it's already reality you know manifest it to the people 
Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah, go, go, William. Ladies and gentlemen of the board, those watching in the past, present, and future, I would like to bestow upon you the Eternal Empire. The Eternal Empire is a thing, a concept, a nothing. It doesn't exist yet. Now, an eternal empire isn't a state of mind. It's not like 5D. It's like, oh, I've changed my mental state. I go to the fifth dimension while I'm in 3D. Woo! Not like that. But it's my it's literally my Twitter name. If you want to find me, uh, if I can ask uh Stigian to if anyone wants to actually <laughs> I don't know how to say Why your does name. Everybody call me fucking Stigian. It's kind of cool, Stein. It's kind of cool, actually, honestly. It's very fantasy. Stigian. <laughs> St- St- I don't know. I, I don't know. I speak English. Dutch is pretty close to oh, English, so. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I do most of my series on Twitter, and sometimes I get a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, the Eternal Empire, and uh, just always remember, ladies and gentlemen, what affects one affects all. Simply because you exist by proxy. Mm-hmm. And everything that you think, say, and do resonates forever. So mm-hmm. be mindful of what you think, say, and do, for you do not know the impact of the echo you're casting. And on that note, stay warm, stay safe, and may the gods guide thee every step of the way. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming thank on. Thank you, Logan. Amazing. Jen, okay. go ahead. Okay, thank you, Stein, and thank you, Soraya. It was great to meet you and Logan. I'm so glad we were able to do this, bro, and it, you were great and just as cool as I thought you'd be. And, uh, yeah, I, okay, so I'll plug my shit. As I'm on Twitter, Wukong Reborn, W-U-K-O-N-G, Reborn, on Instagram, one word, Threshold Saints, um, Spotify, Threshold Saints, um, uh, with generally often doing an author series where we're interviewing people who have written um, not just occult books, but yes, we've got some major occult authors coming up in February. So on subconscious realms, anywhere you get your podcast, it's on Apple and uh, Spotify. And um, that's pretty much where I'm at. So thank you guys. And thank you Stein, especially for inviting me. It's been a while, but I'm really glad that we were able to catch up. You're honestly my favorite pagan, one of my favorite people on Twitter. And I just like, want to like shout out everything that you do and, you know, support as much as I can. So thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. You've uh, brought some amazing stuff yet again. It's always a pleasure having you on and, um, I mean, like we we need to we need to do a one on one soon again, because hundred percent. So, Soraya, fellow Dutchy, fellow tribal member, uh, where can the good people find you? And and the less good people, I mean, they can find you anyway. So Twitter as Infinite Words of Love. They can search yeah. me via you if they want to. If they have trouble finding me. Um, I'm on Telegram, also Infinite Words of Love, and I'm also on Instagram, Infinite Words of Love. So, so just Infinite Words of Love wherever you can think of it. And your Twitter, like you managed to get back on today, right? Yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Well, yeah. Hey, I, speaking of like free energy, I took okay. on a new email address for it <laughs> <laughs> <Here>. <laughs> because I have a permanent ban with my uh, original one. Oh, you've been naughty! <laughs> oh, yeah, 2021. 
Oh, yeah. I, oh, it was so until 2021, I was pretty anon uh, with the anon bullshit. <laughs> yeah, pretty anon, pretty anal, and they don't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Terrible, <laughs> people. Shame. In the wise words of Shaggy, wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you, thank you all. Uh, if you wanna, you know, find more of these roundtables, find more of these like incredibly interesting people, check out the Greyhorn Pagans podcast I have done. Two. So far with Jin, Soraya, uh, we've only done the round table actually from the Bush Whisperer Shaman. That's like how I freaking know you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't done anything with Logan yet. Uh, well, not, not on the Grand Pagans channel, not one-on-one. -on -one. That is, I have participated in a ritual with him on his channel, which was incredibly interesting to say the least. Um, you can find everything and anything Greyhorn Pagans, our books, blogs, vlogs, uh, whatever it may be on our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. Go check it out. Go check out the tribe. Join the tribe if you feel called to do so. Um, guys, gals, uh, Logan, uh, <laughs> it's been amazing it's been awesome and uh just like good doing a show again i missed doing this i've been way too fucking busy so um, yeah, um so thank you all i know i keep saying it but thank you all it's been awesome i am going to uh end the stream spend some time with my wife with the wifey and then go to bed because i have to be up again early tomorrow so for everyone watching, for everyone participating, I wish you all a good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And yeah, until next time. See ya. Good night, guys. Thank you. Good night. Later.